Well, yeah. It's another episode of the end of time, man. That it is. Episode uh, 27 is according to my notes. Holy shit. That's like officially 28, 29, something like that. Yeah. We got to do another we got to do another tangent episode or something sometime. Yeah, I'll do was, it today. I don't have a topic though. Yeah, as I say, I was thinking about that when we were looking at topics, but I don't, I don't know. It's usually just talking about whatever, and and there's nothing specific. It's the whole point of it being a tangent. Mm-hmm. Like if we, like if we have an episode where we 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 have a planned topic, but either through general discussion or like going through our weeks, we just end off on a fucking another world for an hour. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to push the topic off for today, and it's just going to be a tangent. Chris, I got a question for you. All right. It's more of a memory picker, I guess, but okay. I want you to recall back in your gaming history, you know, the two, three years you have, <laughs> and think of some, say, character either sidekicks or pets or companions memorable companions that you had in games this will be a topic talk topic for one day but see if you can think of some that just stick out in your mind like oh man in this game like me of course it'd be Mega Man playing with Rush yeah but you know just think of some and you can't say Tails because that's all <laughs> you ever got to play as that's kind of I mean you can't that's that's un, that's unfair you're knocking out the other half of Sonic. Knuckles is like, "Hey, hey bitch, I'm the other I'm the other half." Mm-hmm. But yeah, character pets, sidekicks, companions, what have you. So one that I always think of and um we'll probably cover the game in one of our future episodes we have planned, but in uh Beyond the Beyond, you actually have a dragon that accompanies you kind of like in lunar you have uh uh gnaw mm-hmm. it's uh it's a little bit bigger uh it actually looks like a dragon not a cat a flying cat yeah. um How's i believe its name is steiner you don't it doesn't have a uh, human voice it does make like you know noises you know little roar, little roars and stuff but the text box comes up on screen. So I don't know if it's telepathic speech. It's been a while since I've played the game, so I'm not sure if it's a only, you know, you, the main character. No, it doesn't purr. (laughs) But I don't know if only you as the main character cannot hear it or if other people can talk to it as well. But from the very beginning, you have this companion. um, And he doesn't, as far as I'm aware, he doesn't really play any part in the story as far as interacting with people mm-hmm. or things. He just kind of follows you around, gives you, you know, talks to you and gives you advice and whatnot. He's kind of a, uh, more of a mentor type companion to you as mm-hmm. opposed to a assistant or helper. Uh, I guess, again, not too unlike Gnaw and Lunar. Um, Any memorable moments with this guy come up? It's been too long. I don't think so. It's just kind of, the fact that you had a dragon that actually looked like a dragon um, accompanying you was interesting. And for some reason, it always sticks out in my mind. I've never played Beyond the Beyond. Tell me about it. Sell me on it. Um, so I I haven't ever finished it. Um, 
it's a PlayStation game, an old one, and you are. I'm trying to think of how the very beginning starts out. You're doing something, I know, and you end up running into a guy, uh, Samson, something like that. He's the guy who can, you know, do impossible feats of strength and, uh, Goku. (laughs) Not that strong. Um, but he, you're somehow he loses his powers. And so you're helping him out and stuff because since he can't prove who he is, um, because I believe some king ruler or something that's in the area is bewitched, so he doesn't believe him and he's, you know, talked into throwing him in prison or something of the sort. Uh, he's cur- So Samson's cursed, so he can't do this feat of strength to, you know, move this pillar in the courtyard, I believe it is, as the test. Uh, so you can start in prison, so you help him escape, and you're on the run. He fights with you, becomes a party member. Uh, and that's kind of where I left off on my play. I don't know why. It's one of those where I just got caught up in other games. I even I even started on Emulator not too long ago. And I don't know why I stopped playing. It's another, I guess I just got sidetracked to something else. But it's always at the forefront of my mind when I think of games I need to go back and finish. Because I enjoyed playing what I played of it. You know, I've got like the first four hours played like six times. I just need to keep playing. Sounds like, give me a second audience while I adjust my mic and get get, uh, comfortable. Sounds like it may have been what normally happens to me when I get I get caught up in other games, and that could happen for a myriad of reasons. Either I could have a brand spanking new game that I'm really, really interested in getting, and I've got it, and I'm like, I'm sorry, whatever game, you're off the burner. Uh, it could be that, I mean, that, look, as much as I love all games and try to love all games, when there's a game that doesn't draw my interest, I won't I won't continue playing it and there are games that haven't kept my interest, so I'd stop halfway through. There are games where I've got close to the end and been like, hey, I'm done. And it could be a it could be many, many reasons. I'm actually gonna talk about one of those today as I put one to rest, so to speak. <laughs> but it happens to everybody, man. I I wish I could say that I have religiously completed every single game that's been put in front of me, but I mean, come on, that's just that's rather unrealistic. Yeah. As much as as much as a completionist as I am, if I don't like a game, I'm not going to keep playing it, no matter what point in the game I'm playing at. Two games that come to mind immediately that I have stopped either at the end or close to the end. Uh, one was Final Fantasy XIII. I'm pretty sure I got, I'm pretty sure I was either in the last, you know, area or dungeon or whatever. And Legend of the Dragoon, same thing. I got all the way to the end of that game. Now, neither one of these were, oh, I got to the last boss. I couldn't beat the last boss. Fuck this game. Quit. No, for whatever reason, I made it all the way to those end of the finish lines and then just fucking took a left before I crossed the line. I just said, no, I'm done. 
I had no desire. Why it took all the way? It it, it sounds like it, it's such a hard thing to argue because both of these are RPGs, and respectively, both you know I think Dragoon has to be somewhere 50, 60, 70 hours. Probably the same thing with thirteen. So. I guess I look kind of, I got fucking pie on my face, you know what I'm saying? I put 68 of 70 hours into a game and quit, but and it, it just is what it is. For whatever I, reason, I just stopped playing. I don't remember Legend of Dragoon being that long. It's when I rented at our uh, corner video store and played it over a few days. It might be. It might be that it's not. I think it, it was multiple discs, though. Correct. Yes. Yeah, but that I doesn't mean much. Discs. It. Yeah. yeah, it could be just fucking FMVs took up the memory. You know. Yeah. And but, thirteen, I think, was like thirty hours. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm using old school RPG numbers. You know. I'm, yeah. I'm used to back in the back day. Back in the day, fifty something <laughs> hours. Yeah. Uh, immediately comes to mind uh, like Final Fantasy 6 and Final Fantasy 7. Multiple hours. And yes, a lot of those were grinding. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think that's another testament to a game to me is if I'm doing whatever grinding and I don't mind. Not that I would like to. I mean, nobody, I can't think of somebody that, that you put this game in front of them and say, okay, of the 80 hours you're going to put in this game, 10 even though they're divided up into different areas, are going to be you running in a circle and fighting the same three, four, six sets of enemies over and over and over and over again. I I can't think of how that would be fun or entertaining. It is work. Grinding is work. You don't really, in at least like seven, you don't have to do that as much, though. Usually you can grind while also accomplishing something else. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much until you're just like maxing out material or something stupid yeah. like that but for the most part you're like oh i need to go over here and get this and i'll just fight every enemy you know along the yeah. way that goes a long way to helping ease the grind yeah i mean that's 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 just a general rpg golden rule you know if you if you you can run from all the fights in this dungeon if you want to but either one you're going to come up to the boss and get your ass kicked or you're going to get to the next area, and about halfway through those enemies, those enemies are going to start tearing you to pieces. So, yeah, I mean, it, when I say have to grind, I mean for a specific purpose. Yeah. I remember going to the, I believe it was the sunken submarine in 7, mm-hmm. and that was where I used to grind AP to get my materials maxed out. Yeah, for me, there uh, was an island or something that had goblins on it that gave mm-hmm. the most AP or something like that it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how it compares to the submarine, but yeah, similar purpose. Right. Yeah, I mean, this was years ago. I'm, I may have done something else. I just, I just specifically remember grinding in that area for a long period of time for whatever purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing in six. I remember going to, uh, like Cactar Island and fighting Cactars to either get AP or gold or both. Fighting Brachiosaurs or Brontosaurs, whatever. And this, these are just two RPGs. This is a, this is a natural occurrence in RPGs. You're, if you get to a point, where you can't progress because of difficulty, you got two ways to do it. Well, at least at a minimum of two ways. One, you can figure out what the fuck your party has and learn their abilities, learn their strategies, learn how to play your characters better. 
uh, use the items that you never want to get rid of, use the spells that you don't know how to use, or you could just go grind for hours and, you know, get four, five, six, ten levels and just muscle them. I used to do the grinding back in the day. That was the, that was the easy way for me, but I like the, I like the challenge these days. I like, I like when a game gives you more, more options and makes the options more accessible to you. So it, it work, it kind of pushes you to make you want to use characters in different ways. I mean, a good example would be Final Fantasy X. The, you could, like, just throw Orin at everything and he would just, you know, one to two shot blade kill everything, but that's not the way the battle system was made. It was made to where certain, all, um, every enemy type was weak to some character's attack some way, be it magic, piercing, throwing a ball, uh, brunt damage, blunt damage. Mm-hmm. It was made to do that way. So yeah. when you got, when you got to a boss, yeah, you could just beef up levels. There were a couple, there were a couple bosses in 10 that were kind of walls for me, but instead of just you know, getting 15 levels and beating it, I went back and did homework on my own self. I looked at the, the, res- you can scan enemies and find out what their weaknesses are, mm-hmm. uh, run through your characters that by, by one of those points had to have been level 20 or 30s. There's a multitude of weapons, items, abilities that they were at my disposable, disposal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my disposable. Today is another no talk day, but that's okay. I want to muscle through it anyway. That was a lot of rhymes. I didn't mean to. Man, I really don't know what I do. Oh shit, Chris, stop me. I'm rhyming. I can't stop it. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and there are games today that do the leveling system better. There are, I guess there, there, could, there are arguments from ones that don't work. And I think me and Adam may have talked about this on an episode before, but I, I like games that have enemies and or bosses that scale with you. I mm-hmm. love that. I love the challenge that it brings. I love how it is, yes, you can go out there and fuck off for three hours and come back. Now I have leveled up. I am also more powerful. So you can't just come at me with, with, numbers you have to use strategy and it doesn't even have to just be rpgs it can be action games too dark souls is the whole soul series is known for doing this um hello everyone yeah go ahead you uh you didn't answer the companion question the companion question oh yeah my own damn question um Shit, I totally was not thinking about my own answer. Uh-huh, put me on the spot. I mean, Rush does come to mind immediately if I'm going to cop out and use a really easy answer. <laughs> I'd, I've always loved Rush, and a lot of people don't know, Rush has not been in the Mega Man series forever. I believe Rush's first appearance was Mega Man 4. God, I hope I'm right on that. Because Mega Man 1, there, I don't believe there were. You had no, no, you did. You did. Shit. It's, man, it's been too long from the classic <laughs> series. I'm such an asshole. I know number two you did, because number two had like the wall climbing one and yada, yada, yada. Number three, 
also had options. Man, it might have been three. Three. It might have been three. Google confirmed. Yep, Google confirmed that I am a shitbag Mega Man fan. <laughs> but yes, uh, two had, there were options, so to speak. You have one that acted like a torpedo that just flew across the screen as you could ride it like a jet. You had an option that you would throw this bouncing thing, and when it landed on a wall, it would climb up and down the wall so you could have like a platform. Mega Man 3 rolls around, he gets a companion called Rush. It's a dog, and the dog can transform into different things. And throughout the series, he's been able to transform into different things to help you have more maneuverability in the, in the, in the, in the game, in the levels. You had one that was just a fucking spring on his back, and you jump on him and it lets you, lets you jump higher. You had a jet one, you get on his back, he flies across the screen. I think Rush had, uh, Rush Marine made his first appearance in Mega Man 3. Four, so it's just, it just fucking goes in the water and lets you move around the water faster, which was convenient because there was it, there was a water level in uh, Dive Man stage. Uh, Mega Man Six had the awesome one though because Rush actually transformed into a suit of armor, and either one, it was a, a jet pack that would let Mega Man through a rechargeable meter fly across the screen. Or he would have one that had a, like a fucking mega punch and you could like hit larger unbreakable walls with it also with a recharge thing. It's pretty nice. Rush has always been a good companion. I did also like, uh, Jesus, I'm gonna say Wolf, but I'm totally fucking wrong on that, I believe. In, uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. Chris, have you played Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain? I have not. Man, why not? Uh, it's just one of the series I never really, after two, mm-hmm. never really uh, got into a series. No particular I highly, reason. I highly recommend five, man. It's uh, it's still got Kojima's shit in it, and there's no doubt about that. But the game is pretty fucking good. Uh, the companion in that one was D-Dog. I always liked that. that there's actually like cutscenes in the game where it's, 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 it's obviously fucking photobombed opportunity where it's Snake looking back at the screen and it's, and D-Dog as well. Pretty cool companion. Uh, man, I'm thinking fucking dogs. There's more, <laughs> com- there are more companions and, 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 and pets out there than dogs. You know what? That's okay. We're going to go ahead and jot this in the official, uh, in the official end of time cast uh, spreadsheet as a topic, favorite companions already and pets. Done. Damn it! Damn it! I keep. I, I'm wondering why I'm can't, why I can't do it because you're already doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And as Chris said, this was episode twenty-seven. Correct. Yes. Yep. This is episode twenty-seven. Correct. Uh, for for anybody that doesn't know, I don't know if we if I've ever even explained where the end of time name comes from. Uh, it's maybe, in the pilots. maybe maybe I did, but uh, there's a couple references to the if you if you pay attention to our logo. And to the outro music to this game, it, uh, to this, to this game. We're a game, Chris. Come play Michael. He fucking dies all the time. 
if you pay attention to the outro music of our podcast, and and I'm saying current, who knows? We may change this. Who knows? At episode 200, but as of this episode 27, and if if you kind of look closely at the end of time logo. There are a couple references that will tell you where the end of time comes from. The outro music for the end of time podcast is the very, very uh, last music you can ever possibly hear in Chrono Trigger. It's after the credits. It's the very end of the game. Uh, I'm pretty sure it has another point in the game it's played too, but that's where I always remember it from. I remember the the uh, I remember the epoch flying across the sky and then. Time passes, and then that music plays. I also made in our End of Time cast logo, if you look there, if, if you happen to, you could just pull up Facebook right now and just go to the page, you, you could see it for yourself, but the actual end of time, the current End of Time cast logo has the words End of Time, and there's no, it's it just fucking wrote the words, but underneath, there is a little, well, it's like a white and blue symbol, a white and blue thing. That is actually one of the pillars that you can, pillars of light that you can find in Chrono Trigger in the end of time. The pillars take you to different time zones in the, uh, throughout the game, and they're one of the ways you teleport and uh, get around the world in that game. So the end of time... I mean, it's I, I could be, you know, prophetic. It has lots of meanings about what we will... Chris and I will be playing games to the end of time. That's what we always say. But that's where the physical end of time comes from. It's from Chrono Trigger. From the actual end of time. Uh, I had, Chris, a well <laughs> actually for today. It was pointed out to me by our awesome friend Adam at work. Oh, he was real happy to let me know I fucked something up. <laughs> and I was going to say it, but I have forgotten it conveniently. So I guess that means we didn't really have one. Oh, wait, we did. I think I told you about one, correct? Uh, I think just I the... There was one that I had sent you like early in the week, like, "Hey, I wanna, mm-hmm. I wanna add this." Yeah, it was I, uh, related to the cheating topic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one one addition from last week I completely glossed over was uh, for those of you who don't know, you can check out episode twenty six. Our topic was cheating in many formats: passwords, peripherals, etc. I forgot another P was players, guys. That's two words, but whatever. <laughs> um, I, I treat players, guides in the same way that I would treat save states in in thought. You could buy Final Fantasy fifteen, and at the, at the same purchase, you could also buy a player's guide for Final Fantasy fifteen. At this point, I see no problem. Number one, I, I don't I, I don't know about you, Chris, but I used to collect player's guides back in the day. A long time ago. I liked the artwork in them. I, for whatever reason, there were times where I, I liked to just read player's guides. Mm-hmm. But buying the game, buying the player's guides, right off the bat, no problem. Getting into the game, you are stuck at a point. You are stuck for days, hours, whatever, whatever the fuck your, your tolerance limit is. You pull out the guide, you figure out what to do, you move on. Hey, 
that's cool. I mean, we all get stuck. Some people are very adamant about not figuring shit out to where either they just keep playing it until they figure it out, days, weeks, months, or they just quit the game. Me, I don't see a problem with you're stuck and you're moving past. It could be something. There's a puzzle you didn't get. Uh, there could be some item that you're supposed to find. You cannot find it. There could be a, a, a door, a key, whatever. But when you buy Final Fantasy 15 and you buy the player's guide, you go home, you pop 14 in your, uh, 15 in your PS4, you start playing the game, you immediately start going page to page and using the guide in tandem with playing. That's kind of ridiculous. To me, that's, that's on levels of cheating. I mean, there's, there's no point in that. If, if you're just going to take all the challenge of you figuring out a game, and that's Final Fantasy 15, which maybe is not puzzle laden. If you were to go back in time and get, say, Portal 2, which is all about puzzle solving and using your brain to figure out how to manipulate different portals to gain access to different areas to progress through the game, and you're just flipping a guide as you're going, uh, I mean, it is cheating, but again, to me, I treat that as save stating every single five seconds. I mean, you're, what are you doing? Like you're completely removing the challenge of what of what's going on with the game. So I mean, you're on a game like Portal. You're essentially not playing the game anymore. You're just mm-hmm. walking through it. Yep. So that point, and, why are you even doing it? <laughs> and also, I I feel like I would get into the mentality of I'm not playing the game. I'm simply following instructions. Yeah. It's it's basically like you're cooking food. At that the point, difference. Go ahead. At that point, why not just go watch a Let's Play? Right. Exactly. Exactly. If if it's literally you're just painting by numbers. You're doing exactly what the guide says. You're fighting this battle this specific way, already knowing the weaknesses, already knowing what you're supposed to do, already knowing the mechanics, and then you move on and you know exactly where to go next. You know exactly what to do, who to talk to, what enemy is. Yeah, it's... That's that's cheating to a man. I kind of feel sorry for you, level. <laughs> that's just something I thought about, and I'm I may figure I may think of more, but I'm saddened to say, Chris, that was the first. Uh, well, actually, we've had in a long time, yeah. And I I I just feel saddened by that, man. I feel like we owe our our, our audience an apology for not being perfect like we always are. We they deserve better than that, Chris. You know, you do. I don't. I mean, you're the producer. <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> they, you know that we the the six people that listen to us right now they they deserve better than that they deserve better than that. Chris, it's been a week. Yeah. It's been a week. Do you want to go first? Shall I? Uh, you know what? I probably should to get my boring stuff out of the way. Yes, please get your boring fucking no game playing week out of the way. That's. Almost exactly what it was. I did not touch a single console or PC game oh all week. My. I was joking. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So I I may have played something Friday, but I don't think I did. So we had recorded last Thursday. Today's Thursday, so it's been exactly a week. Uh, I don't remember what I did on Friday. But Saturday afternoon, I got on a bus for a 17-hour bus ride back to Virginia to go... Uh, pack up the last of our stuff and bring, drive my car back because we drove, you know, one vehicle up and then I went to get the other one. Mm-hmm. Man, did I have a lot of crap left. <laughs> uh, so I get in Sunday morning 
basically Sunday, midday Sunday, and I'm exhausted because I did not know, but apparently me and bus rides, at least at first, we weren't mixing very well. I've never been one for, you know, motion sickness or anything like that, but I was not feeling great uh, on the first stretch of the bus. I ended up moving up towards the front of the bus, and that helped out some, uh, being able to actually see the road and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I was miserable for the first part, and I don't know why, but these seats are so uncomfortable. It's kind of ridiculous for a company, you know, a business that sole purpose is to transport people on long, typically long distances. But the seats are pretty uncomfortable. Uh, the armrest between you and the uh, wall of the bus doesn't go up. So you want to lean against, you know, the window and the wall and kind of take a nap. Well, you've got this handle digging into your side, unless mm. you, you know scoot away and lean over awkwardly, and then you're uncomfortable, so you can't go to sleep. Right. So I only ended up with like three hours of sleep out of that whole ride, which is for me pretty crazy because <laughs> if I'm a passenger in a car, I'm usually out within like five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be going to the store; I'll be out about the time we get there. Yeah. Uh, so for me not to sleep that, you know, for at least, you know, half of the ride, especially because it's overnight, you know, I got on the bus oh, 630. That's even worse. Yeah, I got on the bus 630 uh, Saturday afternoon and I got to uh, Virginia about 1130 on Sunday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was all overnight. and Yeah, so I was miserable. I'm like, all right, I'll start, you know, packing stuff up. I... Uh, I used a, uh, I, I, ta- I, excuse me, I often use pods for uh, long distance moving because mm-hmm. you load it up, they transport, I don't have to worry about driving a U-Haul, all this crap. Uh, so the pod was due to arrive Monday. So Sunday after I got there, I was like, all right, I rented a U-Haul van, loaded it up. So when uh, Monday rolled around, I'd be able to just drive to the place, drop off the stuff, and that would be, you know, good. So I, you know, emptied out the storage unit mostly, filled up the van quite a bit, uh, and then called it a day pretty much because it was getting late and I was already exhausted. I ended up taking a nap and and stuff. So <laughs> Sunday Sunday wasn't super productive, even though it really was because I had a van full of stuff I loaded or had prepared. Uh, but Monday rolled around. I took that and one of the issues I ran into is. And this really annoys me that when, so when you use pods, you can have them either uh, deliver to your apartment house, whatever location, and it'll just sit there and they'll come pick it up when you're done. Or you can have them store at their facility and you just drive your stuff there and you'll be good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, The, when we did the bulk of our stuff, we had a bigger pod, a bigger container from them. And we had to deliver to the apartment. Now, the thing is, when you use a pod, you have to have three parking spaces for them to be able to maneuver. Mm-hmm. So they put it in the middle one and they need one each side. Well, when you're in an apartment, you can't control where people are parking. 
So yeah, true. When they dropped off the first pod, I parked one of my vehicles on each side. And then when they came to pick it up, I moved. So, you know, they had the room to maneuver. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, since I only had one vehicle there, I was concerned that they'd come to pick it up or drop it off, and there wouldn't be, you know, the spots they need. So I opted to do it at the facility. Well, their hours are from 8 to 3. So very little time to actually load stuff, especially considering it's a 20-minute drive there and 20-minute mm-hmm. drive back. So essentially and that, an shit, hour, that time adds up. Yeah. So from 8 to 3, I could get in maybe three loads, uh, which is not great. Um, it wasn't so bad on Monday because I had the van, the U-Haul van. So mm-hmm. I did the load from storage, and then I loaded up a bunch of stuff from the apartment and took it. But then I turned the U-Haul back in that afternoon, which was a terrible mistake. Um, <laughs> so, But I was like, you know, I only need a couple more loads with my car, and I'll be good. No, I needed three more loads with my car, and that was pushing it. Um, I actually ended up forgetting a couple things. Uh, maybe throwing out a couple of things I originally didn't plan to throw out, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because I'm yes. a bit of a yeah. hoarder. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just throw it out. But uh, I understand. Yeah. So Tuesday was ridiculous, and it, it was shipping out Wednesday, so I didn't have any extra time. You know, I couldn't go mm-hmm. back Wednesday morning and finish it up, and I was expecting to drive back up here Tuesday, so I'd be home Tuesday. You know, mm-hmm. um, instead. I started uh, cleaning up stuff, getting rid of the trash. I had we had furniture we weren't bringing, so I was breaking all that down, getting in dumpsters and whatnot. And finally, about eleven o'clock Tuesday night, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be driving tonight because I still have <laughs> a lot to do. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up staying there another night. So Wednesday morning, got up, taking trash out, I guess, again, and cleaning stuff and getting stuff ready to load in the car for the drive. Uh, yeah, so I didn't get in until last night about 1230. Oh, man. And I even took with me, I, w- I was ready to game. I was mm-hmm. ready to do stuff. I took with me my uh, laptop with my controller, my PS2 controller and adapter. <laughs> I took my DS. I took my uh, podcast notebook. And I took my uh, new D&D notebook. I was prepared, you know, to have all these things for this free time I was going to have on the bus or on the, uh, at night, you know, because I'd be done. No, nah, mm-hmm. I didn't touch any of it. Damn. I, I had, I did take the laptop out to watch some videos, but that was about it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Chris, if you want, yeah. if you have, I mean, if your week was just no gaming, I I have some news we could just talk about. I just get your thoughts on it if you want. Up to you. It's fine. I mean, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about besides shitty U-Haul. <laughs> oh man, Jesus, the horror, the horror stories. I know. Yeah. Um, I I did keep up with my phone game, so it wasn't like I didn't do anything game related. That would just be ridiculous. Oh. Well, I'd be go dead, for it. You know. Um, yes. Nothing really to talk about. It's just typical routine game stuff. Uh, knights and dragons doing the heroic event and, you know, fighting in the battles on the other games and whatnot. Just tedious stuff. Yeah. She had some type of engagement, you know. 
Well, I don't know. I guess I see some some new stuff coming out around about this time. Uh, some of it's actually topical for what we're going to talk about today, but uh, I don't know if you heard, Chris, but Duke Nukem is getting a movie made. Oh, boy. Mm, don't, no, I don't think I knew about that one. Yeah. Uh, I had to look it up to find out who the actor was, etc., mm. and all that, and how early production it's in, but... Yeah, I mean, aside from Rampage coming out, I, 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 there is a there is a Tomb Raider movie coming out that I do know of, and I saw yeah. a trailer for that sometime the last month or the month before that, and it actually looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. I I I have uh, one of the Tomb Raiders. I I could just pull up my fucking Steam library here and look at it. Uh, I think Rise of the Tomb Raider is the one I have. Um, yep, I have Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. I think I've actually put an hour or so into that game. And I gotta tell you, I'm all for the reimagining, uh, the bringing back of Laura Croft and all these games. Wasn't really a fan of the original two movies, but this one that's coming out looks, looks a little better. It looks like it's up the alley of what I'm expecting from Laura Croft and, and, uh, the game. Uh, how how big of a Tomb Raider fan, so to speak, are you? Uh, not as far as the series overall, not huge. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, you know, the last game. Um, but I, I know I played the older ones, the PlayStation ones, mm-hmm. or at least one of them, a little bit. It's just another game didn't really pop out at me. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I've seen either of the movies. I played the first Tomb Raider. I played it a fairly good bit back in the day. I'm not sure how many. I know I beat a few of the bosses. I, I know I didn't beat the game, but I made it pretty far through that game. I never played the second one outside of a demo that I had for some reason. I think it was in like a like a PSN or a. A PSX maybe gave me a demo in one of them, or somehow I come across a Tomb Raider 2 demo. I never played any of the other ones except for this Rise of the Tomb Raider, which I played for a little bit. Mm. So I can't, I can't like speak, I can't profess on the series, but yeah, it's got it's got decent mix of platforming, puzzle, adventure, shooting, action, so to speak. I'm interested. Uh, the movie looks good. I'll check it out. As far as Duke Nukem, eh. Uh, again, I don't, uh, <laughs> I played like the PlayStation Duke Nukem, and I think there was one for the 64 as well. I played some of that one, but no, nowhere near as much as I ever played Doom. Like, same thing with Wolfenstein. I, I never played a single Wolfenstein in my life, with the exception of Wolfenstein the new order the newer games so i can't really speak on duke nukem i get the idea i get i get his character even back in the day i understood what his, what his deal was but a movie eh, i don't know yeah. doom if doom was any any frame of reference oh jesus help us <laughs> uh i saw a list I don't know when this runs out. I think it runs out at the end of the month, maybe. 
but there is a deal going on right now if you buy an Xbox One X. And yes, for those that don't know, that is the actual console's title. Xbox One X. They are actually giving away full price $60 games bundled with it. The console, I think, is $500. So if you buy this $500 console, you're going to get a $60 game for free. And the library right now to pick from is Middle Earth Shadow of War, Destiny 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, Call of Duty, Call of Duty World War 2, Madden NFL 18, Forza Motorsport 7, Assassin's Creed Origins, and NBA 2K18. Now this, man, I miss I missed back in the day when games came with a console standard. Yeah. I know that companies are doing it better these days. There, there's, I mean, they've gotten to the point where they have different, they'll offer the console with different games packed in across the board. This is also something that's not new. Nintendo did it back in the day. I know this because when I went to buy my Super Nintendo, there was a choice of Mario World or Legend of Zelda. I got Legend of Zelda. But it that was like a standard back in the day. I don't know if I you probably could buy a Nintendo or a Sega Genesis or a Super Nintendo standalone, but typically, if my mind if my memory serves me correct, this I mean the gold standard was you bought the console, it came with a game, yeah. or it came with a game. So I'm I'm always down for them and see i like this version too because they have a multitude like it's not just you know like if you went from the months of january to march there was a xbox one with whatever game involved with it uh if like i told you i apparently my friend had gifted me an xbox one and i completely didn't even realize that assassin's creed black flag came with that game Uh, those are far and few between and the titles that they would that they would come with, it seems like they would be like seasonal, so to speak. But something like this, hey, go buy the go buy this console, and we'll basically give you like a voucher or let you just download a full entire free game of your choice. And we have a library of ones to pick from. Oh yeah, all about that. Consoles are expensive. Again, you're looking at you're looking at a five hundred dollar console. Controllers are expensive. Those controllers are anywhere from fifty to sixty dollars, probably sixty if not more. Yeah, that that's something that kills me is the price of controllers. I'm like, all right, I buy the console, it comes with one controller. I'm like, all right, well, I want at least one more, if not two or three more, you know, so we can all play a game depending on the console. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, so I have to pay a uh, hundred and eighty more dollars so we can yep. play together. That kind of sucks. And it, we're we're only speaking of this because back in our day, you know, putting the old fogey hat on our head, <laughs> back in our day, the shit standard was console, hookups, two controllers, game. Yeah. So it's everything you need, and even if you wanted to play with friends or family or what have you. Yeah, controllers are a big thing for me, too, because, yeah, I, me and my wife, both we both play, and... 
Yeah, we can share controllers if we're not playing two-player games, but I, I like to have my own controller. Mm-hmm. I like to mod it. Not mod it, but like put stickers on it or Becker, <laughs> uh, put a skin on it or do whatever I want with yeah. it. I just want my, I like my own controller. Same thing for the Xbox One. I play every single thing that I own on the PC with a Xbox One controller. I don't want to have to re-sync up to my Xbox One if I want to play my Xbox One. So I have to yeah. buy another one. That's another seventy, sixty, seventy dollars. And then you get into the games, which are sixty, seventy something dollars a piece. So I'm yeah. aware I have an expensive-ish hobby. It happens, <laughs> but Jesus, if the when when they do these little incentives to make things a little better on our wallets, I'm all about it, man. It's, and that deal uh, with the game is only at Best mm-hmm. Buy. Oh, it's only on Best. And that's buy. not a Microsoft thing. That's a, a Best Buy thing. Well, da-da-da-da-da, here at the End of Time Podcast, we like to sponsor Best Buy for being fucking cool. <laughs> we, we, we expect our checks in the mail soon, please. We have game, <laughs> we have games to buy Best Buy, thanks. Uh, let's see, I was looking at games coming out, uh, down the road and I immediately Some- stopped. Go ahead. Something not game related, but have you seen the preview for Krypton? Krypton. No, yeah. I have so not. we were watching something. I think we were actually. I'm trying. To, I think we were just watching wrestling or something. But it came on, mm-hmm. and it was. It caught my eye immediately because it starts off and it's flashing, you know, between scenes as trailers do, and mm-hmm. in between scenes, it's kind of outlining the Superman S. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, hey, something Superman related. But apparently, this is not related to Superman, or even Superman's dad. It's like Superman's grandfather, or maybe even a generation behind that. Uh I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm really intrigued, uh, and this is going to be a TV series on Mm -hmm. sci-fi. So I need to look and see if I can find more information about it. I think it starts in March. Um, I'll fact check that real quick, but it looked really interesting. So I'm kind of curious to see how it ends up being. Yeah, you can actually go check a trailer out right now. There's a, I'm I'm looking at, I just just saw a, literally a 20 second trailer. Yeah, it looks, looks interesting. March 21st. Not bad. uh, That's on my list to watch and. Hopefully remember to watch when it comes out. That's a long way from now. Yeah. Speaking of stuff that's coming out pretty soon that you should watch, Black Panther is coming out next month. Recommend you check that out. Before I get into further news, before I get into other movies you need to watch, how far have you made it down that list I gave you? <laughs> Nowhere. Talk about that. Gotcha. That's okay. My feelings aren't hurt at all. Mm-hmm. Um... The only reason why I bring that up is because I, I guess you could work your way up the Marvel Cinematic Universe list until you get to uh, Civil War, because that is the first MCU introduction of Black Panther. But that's you don't have to, because this is Black Panther's introduction movie. It's his storyline movie. Okay, so. so it's standalone. Yeah. Okay. So you will see him in Civil War. I mean, I'm... I'm sure you knew that. That was kind of all over the place. 
but his so, yeah. yeah his origin will be in this this own standalone movie. Uh, games that were coming out, I was looking at that and it immediately stopped because apparently Monster Hunter World is either out or coming out within days. And oh my god, I believe god. it was today. Oh man, this game looks so good. I'm so interested <laughs> in this game, Chris. What history do you have with Monster Hunter at all? Uh, as we've talked about before, I've only played the DS version. It was like mm-hmm. Monster Hunter Three Ultimate or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was the same one that had a. Uh, basically the same version on Wii mm-hmm. but I got the DS version because I needed something I needed a DS game that's why I was you know why I bought yeah. it yeah uh, I saw it and I was like oh hey I've heard about Monster Hunter it's supposed to be a good series so I decided to give it a shot wasn't uh, as hype as I was expecting it to be and uh, I left a little disappointed from it yeah uh, the main takeaway that I want to sell people on this game. I don't have it yet. I'm, I'm sure I, I'm waiting for, I believe it's August. This game is coming out or maybe even November. Either way, it's a long ways away, but it's, it is coming to the PC. It's coming to Steam. So woohoo. I'm waiting for that copy just cause I don't want to pay $60 twice in the same year. You know, if the game was coming out and if the game came out today and the, there was no PC release for like two years, yeah, you know, I got a PS4. I'd do it, but. The main sell from this game that I've heard from multiple sources, being Two Best Friends, being Giant Bomb, being other videos I've seen, uh, Pro Jared did a good video on it as well, is that the, as I have said before, I am cursed with the Dark Soul virus, as in any action style game, especially ones that revolve around swinging weapons around, I hold those games to Dark Souls standards. I I don't mean to. It's just <laughs> that those are kind of the best of the best for me and I haven't ha- I haven't found with with the exception of Neo since Neo is so new and I I've I'm going to get to that game in just a second on my week as well, but a game like Monster Hunter I can pl- I've I can play that game and I can parallel it to Dark Souls. I can parallel it back and forth and see the differences, the similarities. I get where the the delayed action, the the commitment to movements, all that. I get all that. And yet it still feels whilst while on the one hand, it's 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 not so much the game is difficult. It's just that for me, Monster Hunter front loaded a lot of tutorial and text at the very beginning of the game. And I get saturated pretty quick. And as I also mentioned before, I wanted to go out into the world and do shit. And it's more of go figure this shit out. Go learn this. Go learn this. Go learn this. And then when I actually got out into the world, there were a few things that just turned me off of it. Not horribly. Not in a hatred way. I had a few aha moments and victories and all that. But the repetitive combat of having to go every time and go kill an enemy over and over and over again and hoping that you get that RNG piece to drop or that 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 whatever to, to drop off of them, to carve from them, that was one. Just the, the, the battle system felt very, not very, it just felt archaic. And it felt very, it seemed more than what it needed to be. In that vein... From what I hear of Monster Hunter World, 
is that that game does two things very well. Number one, it addresses a lot of issues that Monster Hunter veterans have had over the years. It's finally a culmination of them going, okay, we've heard you, we're making this shit better. Better, easier, more streamlined, what have you. Cool. And also, for newcomers, because jumping into Monster Hunter right off the bat out of with no background is kind of rough, the game apparently is way easier for newcomers to come in. It's, it's, it's easier for them to jump in with no experience. On top of from what I've just seen from the gameplay footage, the game being pretty fucking awesome. It's got a lot of action, a lot of fast-paced combat, a lot of team-based combat, a lot of using tricks and tactics and, and doing, it takes, it takes skill to take these, take these monsters down. And I like that. So I will have my copy eventually. I'm, I'm gonna try for the next fucking eight months or whatever to stay as spoiler free on this as I can. But I will admit, I've watched a few, I've watched a few gameplay footage videos here and there, and I, I like what I see so far. So if this game has done a good job of not only appeasing longtime veterans, which I mean, that that's that's something. When you have a when you have a core fan base and you say, We've heard you, we're tailoring to your wants and needs, and we're giving you stuff that you want as well, that's good. That's always great. But also it's going, hey, also for you new people that have, that don't know what the fuck Monster Hunter is, come in. We made we made it easy for you. We made it better for you. That's that's cool. That deserves my attention. Off the bat, there's also a Chris. That, now look, yeah, this is gonna get kind of. I don't mean to talk like over your head or outside of your, your experience, <laughs> but there's an anime series out there that you may have heard of. Okay. Uh, it's called Dragon Ball Z. Uh, yeah. So. Okay, the premise is it's these guys with yellow hair. Follow with me. Hold on now. They have uh, they have golden hair actually, and they go, ah, and they sh- they they blow things up. That's that's the pre- that's the premise of Dragon Ball Z. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. So Dragon Ball Z Fighters is either out now or coming out as well very soon. Do you have experience with the Budokai or any of the, any of those Dragon Ball games? No, I have yeah. watched. Uh, I guess the last one, not the one that just came out today, but the last one before that played in a Let's Play. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was it. They look nice. Yeah, that's that's what keyed me to this game immediately the first trailer i saw i believe was that oh man i want to say game awards but i could be totally wrong i saw a trailer last year sometime and i love how with every iteration of these games with every new dragon ball z whatever subtitle game they get more and more realistic to the animation and i love it like the cell shaded ones looked kind of off. I mean, you could tell they were cell shaded, and also some of those were back in the day where they didn't have a choice. Like you know, the PlayStation One games, they they did what they could, but like this game, it, it's 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 so awesome. The the imagery is great. 
the the tailoring to the Dragon Ball Z stories and the the mythos and all that I like it. It's I am getting a vibe that this game did the same thing that like Injustice 2 did for the DC universe. Like it took all the story elements seriously and it tried to mix and mash things to make it make sense canon wise but not be completely fucking retarded. Right. So, eh. uh, I have some fighting games. I'm I, I'm probably going to get this game eventually, but I mean it's going to be a brand new game, $60 blah, blah blah. I don't have 60 bucks to blow right now, but it's definitely got my interest. I have played a few of the Budokai games back in the day and same boat. I mean I like fighting games, but I'm not that great at them. And same thing with fighting games. As always, it takes a level of commitment. It takes you getting better, blah, blah, combos, moves, all that. And yeah, I could. Uh, depending on how good this game is, one and two, depending on how easy it is to break in people like me, sure, I'll give it a try. Looks good. It looks, it's very, the visuals are very fucking impressive. And that alone, I mean, I'm interested. Definitely interested. Right. There's, uh, I don't know, there's not really much huge news-wise I see that really blows my mind. Have you seen anything about the uh, Overwatch League? Mm-mm. So, apparently, and I thought Overwatch already had a professional scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what there is to that, but apparently this is now an official Overwatch League. Just like, oh. you know, Counter-Strike and all of them have their competitive leagues that teams compete in uh, mm-hmm. and they have gone they've invested a lot of money in this people have uh, I'm trying to remember who all is behind it but apparently it's like millions of dollars to buy in for your team or whatever Wow! Uh, and to supplement it or to make money back for the teams you can buy uh, for five dollars something related to it Mm-hmm. On, uh, I guess it's just on your Overwatch account, or your your sorry your uh, Blizzard account, um, through Overwatch related to the league, and there's one for each team, and they're five dollars each. So if you want to oh. buy more and one, I don't know if that money goes to them or if it's just you know to Blizzard or what, but yeah, so. I haven't followed it much since I heard about it and just looked at it briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that works out in comparison to the other currently established leagues because they don't always go well. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't uh, I, I don't follow the as much as I should just to, just to support gaming as a whole. I don't really follow the pro gaming circuit that much. I I'll watch like Evo I'm all about watching uh, uh, fighting game tournaments because yeah. I feel like I can kind of keep up with, with what's going on on screen. But I, I don't play League of, Leg- of Legends. I could probably watch an Overwatch. <laughs> I could watch Overwatch. But, yeah, sadly, I think the only, and I'm using a very loose phrase, the only like competitive thing that I watch for gaming is usually GDQ. I'm all, I'm all up in it speedrunning stuff. 
So you can uh, definitely tell that something new is coming out tonight. Oh, yeah? Because uh can't sign into PSN. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's, that's the one thing I really dislike about the PlayStation Network is it always has these issues. Hmm. It, it's ridiculous, you know. It kind of stems, you know, I've always been more of a fan of Xbox's online experience because you could do it for free. Mm-hmm. PlayStation Network, for a while, you had to pay for it to have any access, which yep. I don't know if that's still true. I don't think it is anymore. You just get, like, the plus benefits and whatever, just like with uh, Xbox uh, uh, Live Yeah, the Xbox Live, yeah. Is. Yeah. Uh, you get, you know, your free games and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know for a while with PlayStation Network, you got to pay for it just straight up, which yeah. seemed kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they just have all kinds of uh, network reliability issues, mm-hmm. whatever you, however you want to put it. Um, so yeah, I, I went online a minute ago and I actually bought Monster World. It comes out tomorrow. Um, <gasps> you have it? Yes. I just went and bought oh. it uh, oh. because one other friend I just posted on Facebook right before we started saying, oh, hey, I bought Monster Hunter World and, you know, I'll be playing it once it loads. So I already have at least one friend that's going to be playing it on PS4, so I went ahead and bought it. Um, wow. Because I, it looks good and I want to give it a shot. So. Yeah. Well, damn, Chris, I may have to get the damn thing myself. No, I'll, I'll get, I'll, <sighs> I'll give you some feedback next week and, uh. So yeah, I can guide you one way With, or the other. Because I just for preference, it's going to be <laughs> so much easier for me to have that on PC as opposed to a console. I know that it, it, it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter, but you know how it is. Yeah, oh my, I mean, I got all it on a PC. It's just crappy <laughs> when it's in a situation like this where the PC is so far behind. Yeah, I mean, they did the same thing with Destiny Two. Destiny Two's PC was two months behind the console release, mm-hmm. which there's no reason for that in this, you know, era. Yeah. Well, I eagerly await your feedback on that game. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping there's good things. Hoping, hoping I haven't, hoping I or nobody else have built this game too much for you. It, it just looks fun. That's all I know. It looks fun. If a game yeah. looks fun just from gameplay, shoot. We shall well, see. we shall see. Indeed, I guess I can mosey on into my week. All right. I, I have played games. Well done. All right. Well, that was my week. So, <laughs> let, <laughs> uh, where where to begin? So at the beginning, man. That's. Solid logic there, Chris. This is why you get paid the big bucks, man. Wait, I get paid? Uh. Uh. So, <laughs> as, as far as, the, you know, and really quick while we're talking about network issues and bullshit like that, if, to make a first world complaint, mm-hmm. I hate downloading games from Steam. It takes so fucking long and steam is capped like 
there's a few little kind of tricks you can do, like going to change to a faster region at a different time of the day, but that doesn't matter if you got 200 megabytes per second lightning fast internet speed. Mm-hmm. Steam is going to download at Steam's speed. The end. Hmm. So, luckily, I've, I've gotten to where repopulating my library and, and getting games back on my hard drive. I just do it during the day. But it's really unnerving when you have like 40 games to re-download in your queue and you leave for work and you come back home eight, nine hours later and there's a game and a half finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have that much of an issue with it. So I'm not sure. It depends on the size of the game. That's, uh, that's all it ever is. Like... The the games that are 50, 60 gigs, yeah, they take time. But a lot of Steam games, don't they're not that big. They're like t- mm-hmm. 10, 12, 14 gigs, something like that. So, eh. It's only an issue when it's an issue. That's why I say it's a first world problem. Uh, well, of the games that I'm just working on, I'm still working on Cuphead. I did finish, I did beat a boss. I beat the... And forgive me, I don't have the names down pat, but I did beat the Cake Land boss, the one that's uh it's the giant cake with the with the uh princess that shoots out of the mouth. I immediately went over to the uh bumper cars like boss, got my ass kicked again. I said, Alright, mm-hmm. that's I'm done for the day. <laughs> Which is how I've been treating it, so there's nothing new there, with the exception of me just beating a boss. I uh, went back into Sonic Mania, and I'm starting to reach a point where I'm dying a lot. Uh, it's just because I suck at video games, go figure. But I had that old school death shit where I made like there's always two levels in a zone or two zones in a in an area. Who the, I don't know, but I made it all the way to the end, died on the boss, I had to go all the way back to the beginning. And I was like, I'm gonna go play something else for now. <laughs> nah. That's just me being a uh, spoiled brat. That's all that is. Of games that I have worked on that I'm not finishing, uh, I have put uh, Valkyrie Chronicles on a back burner for now. I, for whatever reason, just haven't had a had a desire to go back and finish that. I think I'm on like chapter 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, this is not a takeaway from the game. This is just kind of like what we were talking about earlier at the beginning of the podcast. It's just, I, I don't have no, I, I don't have a strong, urgent desire to run back into that game and finish it. I will at some point. Uh, who knows? Maybe I won't. But it's just, just we just want to make that clear. It's not because the game sucks. Uh, I keep getting these whirlwinds where I'm starting four, five, six, seven games at a time, and that one just kind of got lost in the way where it, when I feel the urge, I'll I'll go back and play it. I mean, this is in contrast to Hollow Knight, which I played, beat, immediately went back and played, and beat again. Uh, that was a game that I beat. I think I may have went back and uh, I I had I beat it. I got the true ending, so I feel like I'm kind of done with it. But I think there's a couple items that I wanted to get just to round them out. But eh. I, I think I put enough time in a Hollow Knight. I put that to the side. Mm. Chris, if you remember last week, I said that I picked up Neo, and I started yeah. playing Neo. And so this is what happened, Chris. It's a true story, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm in my house, I'm in my chair, 
playing game. No, I got home from work, and I already had in my mind what I was going to play when I got home. I'm just fucking driving. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go home and play me some more Neo. I can't wait to get back in that game. Got in the house. I kept hearing this voice. It was like, hey, bitch. I was like, I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck this was. I'm like, who the fuck is in my house? Calling me a bitch one-on-one. Who the fuck's calling me a bitch? Second, who's in my house? <laughs> hey, bitch. I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm in my chair and I'm chilling. I keep hearing this fucking voice. And I look. And there's Dark Souls 3 just on my screen. I said, hey, you just, uh, you just gonna start playing Neo? <laughs> you just gonna start playing Neo? You gonna play me? Remember you started me and you didn't finish me? You just moved on, huh? And I was like, oh man, it's not like that. And I totally hurt Dark Souls 3, man. I totally hurt Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 3's feelings and I felt so bad about it. But yes, I did start Dark Souls 3 several months ago. I'm, I, I, I made about five hours into the game and same thing. I just kind of got knocked up with, well, whoa, I got knocked. Yeah. Man, if I could have a baby and it came out of video game, good God. Man, I would never have to work again for many reasons. But I had, I was playing other games and kept having other games interrupt my time. And I never got back to Dark Souls 3. And then when I started playing Neo, hey, Neo's fucking great. It was scratching that itch immediately. Within the first, like, five, ten minutes of that game, I was like, fuck yes, this is what I miss. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, you, I did, I was playing Dark Souls 3. And I totally, really need to get back to that game and beat it before I move on to another Souls game. It's... You understand, Chris. It's a no. fucking courtesy. It's a courtesy. I can't, I can't, and really, I should go back and finish Demon's Souls as well. I think I'm like three quarters, if not, if not four fifths of the way through Demon's Souls. So I will get back to Neo. The big takeaway for me was that it's, man, it's up there. It's got the action, the combat. It's got that level of difficulty. It's got all the things I need. However, Dark Souls has all that as well, and I need to finish that out of sheer fucking principle. So, I've been working on Dark Souls 3, and it did take me a minute, because, kinda like just standard RPGs, you know, if you've, if you are in the middle of a town, or in the middle of an event, and then you stop playing, and you come back months later, you're like, uh, where, what? Where am I supposed to go? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's exactly what the Dark Souls are like. There's, and almost even worse because they 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 just kind of give context clues on where it's a fucking detective game figuring out where to go sometimes. So luckily for me, with a little bit of wandering, a little bit of uh, checking out things and looking at items, I figured out where I was supposed to go. I, if I remember right, Dark Souls Three is a little more a little more friendly when it comes to forward progression, uh, especially because it goes back to the old school hub system of Demon Souls. So it's kind of easier to make it forward it's not a huge labyrinthine uh not all of it anyway is a huge labyrinthine area with very cryptic you know, it, it would take fucking a guy to figure out where to go this seems a little bit easier but i'm making progression through demon to through dark souls 3 enjoying it picked up right where i left off thankfully uh i already and i'm just like cuphead like i beat a boss Stop playing for the night. 
I made it through an area, got to a bonfire, stopped playing for the night. So the the draw keeps me to play more, but yeah, Whew. sometimes you just you take your fucking victory where it is. That's that's what I do. Uh, I also started playing uh an old classic, which I'm very impressed with. I started playing back through Final Fantasy IV. This for the Steam version, so it is the 3D polygon. Yeah. Uh, version. Chris, have you played Final Fantasy IV? I've started it, yeah. We were talking about that recently. Gotcha. I, I like it. It's, it's almost every aspect of this game is redone, which I'm always, I, I'm not always the biggest fan for that, especially when it comes to music. There's been many times in games, in game history, Hell, a lot of it was in the Final Fantasy realm where they put the game, they put the music on a new system and I just didn't, it's not even just that it was remixed, it's just the way that that engine handled the music. Uh, Chrono Trigger's example, I love that music for the Super Nintendo, that exact, just as it is, Super Nintendo music, but when it came out for the PlayStation, I didn't, I didn't like the way it sounded. I didn't like the way it sounded on the Game Boy either. Uh, for uh, Final Fantasy six, I think. I think six was also on the PlayStation. I didn't care for the way the music changed. Uh, sometimes they remix music as well. I just, I don't know. I'm very fucking particular when it comes to music like that. That's that that might just be a me thing. But this uh, Final Fantasy four does have remastered, so to speak. Music and really everything. And the music remastering is done very well. It's done very respectfully. The graphics, complete overhaul. Complete fucking overhaul. It's all done with a 3D, uh, isometric look. The, the dialogue itself has been, we'll say, tailored. It's been, I don't know what the, what the word is for when you have written word that's written better, but, uh, it's, it is better. If if I remember right, four and six both ran into slight translation issues when they came from Japan to here, so you could understand it. But of course, there's there there are different things that Japanese culture has that we don't either understand or they're not part of our wheelhouse to bring back one of my favorite words. Mm-hmm. But I mean it. it it's not an unknown issue. There are times where a game is developed in Japan, it has a story, a script, a plot line, etc., and it's brought here to America, and things are either lost or mistranslated or done poorly. Uh, I've played through Final Fantasy IV probably four or five times in my life, and I vaguely remember how this these, uh, these plot lines went, how this dialogue went, and I can tell the difference. But it's done well. It's done very well. There are cut scenes in it, that use the in-game engine, cool, and the those cutscenes do feature voice acting. Always leery about that when that happens, especially when it's a game that did not have voice acting and now you're putting it in it, and it's actually done fairly well. The they're they're not fucking pieces of shit when it comes to this voice acting, so that's good. The the menu system looks different. It's handled differently. There's a quick save option. There are just so many additions to this game. A lot of quality of life features and a lot of visual and audio upgrades. 
very, very well. I'm liking it all the way around so far. It brings me hope for what Final Fantasy VI could be, and this is how they're supposed to do it, in my opinion. I have mixed feelings about four because I, I don't know what it is, but I'm not entirely digging the 3D uh, style of it. Mm-hmm. So I've actually been considering going back and actually playing on an emulator instead of continuing with the Steam version. Yeah, hey, that's understandable, man. It's not always for everybody. Um, I I also went back, while well, I haven't started playing it yet, I did put Final Fantasy 3 on my wish list. I've, I've wanted Final Fantasy 3 since, since it was announced back in the day for the... DS, I believe, but they have it on Steam as well. Same idea. They took a, they took the 2D Final Fantasy 3 and upgraded everything. And I believe that was what prompted them to do it for 4. Now, they may do it for 5 and 6. They may do it for 6, or I could be totally wrong and they won't do it for either one. But I did see, I don't remember what I have to look this up real quick. There's a there is a Final Fantasy VI remake, so to speak, and I was ex- I was super fucking happy because I was like, man, did a Final Fantasy VI 3D remake pass under my fucking radar? And I didn't know about that, but it's 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 not that. It's just a. I don't want to even call it an upgrade. It's and I really don't want to call it a remaster because it's more like. It's more like a change of style, definitely from the the visuals. I think the audio from the trailer that I saw, the audio was still the same, but it there is a Final Fantasy VI remake, and it has this... Ah, man, I'm kind of the same way you feel about this Final Fantasy IV. I don't know if I dig the visuals. Uh, for the guys and gals at home, you can just look up Final Fantasy VI Remastered. There are trailers out for it. There's image, there are images for it, etc., etc. You can be your own judge. Things that I do like about this, I love the actual character portraits that accompany the text for the, the, the dialogue. That I like, because that is a take on the Yoshitako Amano artwork. It's, it, it, Kinda does justice, but on the same, at the, oh man, in the same token, I don't really like the way the sprites look. I don't like the upgraded visuals that they've, that they've given. They, I don't know. It just kinda rubs me the wrong way. It looks kinda like somebody put a particular filter over an emulator. Or a particular ROM. I don't know. What? Maybe I could play it and check it out, but I don't know. Just that that that's a very that's a very important game to me, and I would be totally down with seeing a Final Fantasy three or Final Fantasy four 3D style overhaul to it. But you got to be real fucking careful, man. That game that game's precious. Not not too much you want to do to fuck that game up. So anyway, yeah, playing playing Final Fantasy four. Digging it, having a good time going back through. Uh, you immediately realize, especially if you're an old school gamer who's went to new school RPGs and then went back to this old shit, man, these games were slow. (laughs) (laughs) 
Holy shit. Chris, I have, I have the speed in this game turned all the way up. And I can barely tell how faster that meter moves. It's, <laughs> it's so sad. And I grew up with this. It's cool. I can get over that. It's not, it's not a deal breaker, but it's just, wow, this is what the fuck I spent my life doing as a kid right here. Just sitting in these long ass battles. <laughs> I mean, that's where we go from, you know, 60 hours to 30 hours. Precisely. <laughs> Waiting Precisely. on the bar to fill. <laughs> yep. So I'll, we'll play, we're playing through those two and had a, I have good times with both of those. Uh, I've dabbled a little bit in Tekken 7. I just did a few of the storyline fights. I uh, love it. Fucking beautiful game. Awesome. Fun. I dabbled a little bit also in King of Fighters 13, I believe is the one that I have. Again, just, just knock some matches in just to see, just to fuck around. Eh, yeah, cool. Same thing with Killer. I kind of went on like a little fighting game kick for half a day, mm-hmm. just fucked around. Uh, and then I played some Injustice 2 and in the Injustice 2 tutorial, uh, before I went into the actual story. And yeah, it's all of those. Uh, they're good. Fighting games, cool. And then, Chris, started playing Persona 5. Ooh. Yeah. Don't know what I want to say about it. Okay. Let, uh, let, let me explain. Uh-huh. Off the top, I can tell you now, this is not a, this is not a near automata situation. Okay? The story in this game is much more grounded. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's more understood. You totally fucking get what's going on. There's no fucking ham fisted somebody with a message. Somebody's, you know, trying to have so much fucking imagery and blah. This is not a near automata situation. That's number one. Number two, I should have, I was going to do my homework and actually pull up my save file and see how many hours I'm into Persona 5. But if I had to guess, I want to say I'm about 10, 15 hours into the game. I initially, and I mean very initially, I'm not loving the game. Okay, and that kind of bothers me, but I'm kind of getting the idea that it doesn't need to bother me. A few things. One, apparently this game does hold your hand for an extended period of time. Now, given the content in this game... Given all the things that you can do in this game yeah. and all the mechanics and the systems and given the way that they explain these things to you, I get it. I get it. It's a, it's, there's a long basically tutorial. Uh, the game doesn't really open up initially. There's a lot of, there's a lot of shit to do, but the, it's not, it's not a lot of shit to do as in the game is as an open world. And they just say go. It's more like do this thing, learn this thing. Do this thing, learn this thing. Over and over and over repeatedly. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, second thing, I, I don't know if I explained this back in the day, but I have only played one persona in my entire existence. I only played one. And that was persona one for PlayStation. We're talking two decades ago, if not more. And I don't remember anything about that game. 
like nothing. I, I don't remember how long I played it. It seemed like it was a very short amount of time. I wish I could say something about it. I, I really don't remember. I remember there were green icons on a map, and uh, you, you, I do remember getting to the battles, and your characters go, Persona! And, uh, I don't know. So I... And, and that's just one game. The, the This Persona slash Shin Megami Tensei series, there's like 15 or 20 games in this. So... For the people who are balls deep in this series, they have more, I feel they have a, a more passionate opinion of this early on than I do. You know, they're the, that, it would be like me and you playing every Halo in existence and then Halo 6 comes out and we go, okay, this is what we don't like. This is what we like. As opposed to somebody that's never played any Halo and just jumps in and goes, I don't know how I feel. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of where I am in the comparisons part. There is a lot going for this game. There, the st- everything that I've read and heard about this game is the style. It's got a lot of style to it. It's got its own personality as a game, and I see that all over the place. And I'm enjoying that. The music does fit. I like that. The graphics, good, awesome. The, the there's a lot to do. Apparently, this game opens up a little bit later, and there's I'm I'm at the point now where I can see where the time sinks come in. Like, initially, the first large handful of missions that you have to go on, it they're all very, they're driven. Because the game revolves around a time system. You have, you know, you go through days of the week, and you have different times during the day. And apparently later in the game or very soon for me, there's a lot of time management. You have to figure out what you want to do in a day. And then you have a deadline, you know, be the end of a week or so many days from now to get everything you can done, including, you know, beating a dungeon. So managing your time throughout that week to do all the things you need to do before you go to and beat the dungeon, that that I get. I wasn't seeing any of that until like just now. These past couple of days I've been playing, I'm finally, I'm finally at a point to where they're like, okay, on this day, if you don't beat that dungeon, game over. So you have this many days to go do stuff. And I'm like, okay, what should I do? And they're like, just go. Just, just, just go do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I am starting to have it open to me as even more days go on. It's like, hey, you can go here and do this. You can go here and do this. This is why you want to do this. This is why you want to do this. So this may be, for me, a situation more akin to my Valkyria Chronicles situation. For those new to the end of time, when it was initially proposed to me to play Valkyria Chronicles, I played several missions into that game, and I was just like, man, I'm not feeling it. It's good. It's got good quality. It is a good game, but I'm not feeling it. And yes, I totally understand that, okay, if Chris loves a game, if Chris says, fuck you, this is an 11 out of 10 game, <laughs> I don't I don't take that as a fact when I play the game. I'm not going, okay, I want to play this game, and I want to feel the 11 out of 10 you do. What I'm saying is, when it comes to Persona, and like what it came to with uh, Valkyra Chronicles, is that everybody tells me, man, this is a great game, there's a, there's a meaty, heavy Full filling game. This has got a lot of stuff, a lot of good things to enjoy. 
when I started playing Valkyria Chronicles, I wasn't getting that. It was fun. I got the mechanics. I, I, it was slightly fun. I was getting the mechanics. I was getting the systems. I got what the game was, but nothing in it was like grabbing me and making me go, oh, you got to keep playing. Oh, this is good. Until I got to a point in the game where that shit got unloaded on me. That was the point where I got to the barracks type area of the game. And it was like, now you can fuck around with your troops. Now you can fuck around with different options. You can have stats and all. it. That part. And it. I was on the verge of stopping playing that game. Literally, the mission before that place opened up. <laughs> if I hadn't stepped over that threshold, I would have dropped that game and have never experienced the bigger part of the game. And I'm pretty sure that's the idea here with Persona. Mind you, this is, is it's trickle-feeding me more and more and more of these options and more and more of this gameplay shit as I go. Whereas, you know, I feel like Vicaro Chronicles is just like, hey, hey, shit happens, shit happens, shit happens. Boom, the game opens up. This game is slowly opening up. And I'm just now seeing the the bigger picture. So maybe once I get past this initial, like, training area, maybe once bigger dungeons slash areas open up once i have a better grasp of how all these personas work and the Mm -hmm. fusion systems the velvet rooms and (laughs) why i should read books and why i should build these friendships and why i should take my time in the day to this maybe once i start managing all that actually doing all that maybe it'll be better for me for right now this game has my attention and that's it i'm not again i hate to use it as, as a fucking fulcrum but looking at Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, day one, hour one, fuck, hooked, gone. Just, you, you, you just lost me for 400 hours. This game apparently has that same tout. People say this, you can lose one to 200 hours in this game just on the first playthrough alone. Because it does have a new game plus, you may want to go back and do it again. I haven't reached that hook yet. I hope it's coming. I can see where it's coming. But, that's my, that's my tentative. I'm not loving it, but I definitely don't hate it. Again, it's not. I'm not like shirking this game and pushing it to the side. I'm gonna keep going, and hopefully something or some things are gonna come up to me and go, oh, oh yes, this is what I was waiting for. So, so, question for you? Yes. The with the time restraints being placed on you, and I when mm-hmm. we were talking about you know the Final Fantasy series, and we got the thirteen three, and I mentioned that the time kind of was annoying because you it limited what you could do and whatnot. Do you feel that that's kind of the same situation here or is it handled better with the uh, deadlines? Well, given that I'm only one, we'll say one palace in, that's what okay. they call dungeons basically. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough to make a good enough choice or a good okay. enough answer for that. There are several things that you can do. So, number one, I don't know if I'm at the point where everything is open to me. And two, I don't know if I I, I need more missions in to where I can go, okay, there are 50 things to do, but this time strength only gives me the chance to do 20 max. Like, I I don't know that. I don't know that yet. Okay. But number one, with it being a new game plus, that already makes me go, you know what? some shit doesn't get done that's okay we'll see i can do it on the next playthrough provided i'm interested in the game that much mind you yeah generally but go ahead 
No, no, no. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, generally speaking, how often do you do New Game Plus on games? Um, usually, usually every about every time. Like a, right off the bat, Chrono Trigger comes to mind, and man, I did several New Game Pluses with that game. Uh, Dark Souls is another one. I was up to New Game Plus four with that one. So there's that. I tend to do them. Uh, I was actually having a conversation the other day about how many games actually have New Game Plus, and surprisingly, it's uh, it's not exactly a huge thing. It's not seen all over the place. So, if the game is fun, one. If there's a uh, if there are hopefully, if there's multiple reasons to do it, two. Sure. If the game is. Well, it, it depends, but typically, yeah. Maybe, you know, I, I'd say if the game's fun, I'll do it. Uh, something else that I've heard about this game from multiple sources that, you know, again, no spoilers, that there are going to be times in this game where shit does not get done. There's going to be times in this game where you basically have that fucking scenario, you know, where it's you're either going to do this or you're going to do that. Both need to be done. Uh, well, you po- you picked wrong. You just gotta let that shit happen. You've gotta, you gotta, you gotta have your own personal priorities in this game and then do the best you can. And if shit goes south or, you know, you just missed this opportunity or you didn't do this thing, man, just fucking let it ride. Cause I've heard from many people who have this kind of completionist mentality or this gotta do everything mentality. And I know I'm bad for doing that. I'm the guy that, uh, like, say, Far Cry 3. You give me a map, and there's 50 points on that map with 50 things to do. I'm doing 50 things. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, from what I'm understanding with Persona 5, they give you 50 things. You cannot do all those 50 things. You've got a time to do these four, or these two, these two, these six, and these two, these four, or these seven, or these nine. And, but you can't do them all. Uh, for people like me, that's, that kind of irks me. And I hear a lot of people who have went through this game and then got, you know, 20, 25 hours into and went, oh, fuck it. And they start the game over and they go <laughs> make these decisions and do these things and go, oh, shit. And we start over again. The, the biggest advice I got for people is just play this game, take your time, have fun, make your choices. Don't try to do everything. You're, you just don't have enough time and you just make your best decision. Go in blind. Don't look up the exact streamlined guy, which I'm not going to do. Hopefully that'll work out. Uh, and hopefully it won't be too much of a fucking tick for me that I, that I won't just lose my ever loving mind. But that's not even where my mind is right now. Right now my mind is playing, trying to enjoy this game without having huge fucking mind blowing expectations and looking for the thing that or things that, while not tailoring to everybody else's desires, tailoring to mine, finding the thing or things in this game that draw me in and keep me in. Right now, I'm just kind of going through the motions. I, I I'm having fun, but I'm not. It's not. <laughs> I'm having fun. It's not. It's not pissing me off. It's not boring me. Uh, especially as more and more and more of these mechanics get unearthed, as more of these systems become available to me and explained to me. So, like, for example, this uh, this this first palace that I'm in, 
immediately had a whole new like uh combat like a stealth stealth combat thing unlocked it's like here's how you can do this and that has completely changed my whole the whole way that i take over yeah. uh battles now so we'll see I really hope I've made my point clear. I don't. I don't want to come across as being like, "Man, Chris, this game was at a ten out of 10 I'm gonna tell you right now, it fucking blows. It's not that. It's, it's, it, and that's and for the audience as well. Uh, I definitely see where people are loving this game as far as like the, just taking the game for what it is. It's got a lot of style, man. It's got a lot of. It's got a lot of cool things in it. As far as the game itself, more to follow. We shall see. Okay. I haven't. Uh, actually, I haven't watched any movies, no TV show type things. Uh, the last thing that I watched was all the, uh, sixth season of Black Mirror, which, Chris, have I ever talked to you about Black Mirror? Yes. Okay. Well, I just wanted to reiterate that. If you haven't got a chance to get around to that, you should, you yeah, should I think that. I have it written down on my other piece of paper with all the things you've told me I need to watch. Gotcha. Uh, when I, when I have a hundred things for you to watch, I'll stop telling you <laughs> shit for right now. Yeah, I fully intend to, you know, get back to the list. I've just been so busy with my move lately. Yeah. Once you're done with all this moving shit, you'll have more time to, uh, indulge. What's, whenever you, what game will you be working on whenever you have time to start playing again? So... I'm I'm kind of torn because mm-hmm. I want to immediately jump into Monster Hunter World tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I'm worried that if I do that, regardless of how I feel about it, it's going to throw me off of Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. And I'm not going to go back and finish it. I, I hate starting games that I'm not done because that's exactly what I do. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm torn. But I, I don't want to rush through Horizon Zero Dawn either because I have so much side stuff to do. I can't go, well, I'm just going to go beat the game because then I won't go back and do the side stuff. You know, I need to have that <laughs> natural progression, some side stuff, some story, you know, alternating back and forth, get through the game, get all the side stuff done, you know, be done with I the feel, game. And I feel you, man. Cross it off. I feel you. But with the and hype pl- around Monster Hunter World. Jesus, with the hype and now you physically own it, it's there. Take it. Own yeah. It. Well, either way, you got it. You can play the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could always do what I do. Just play both. Hell, I play through three games at a time on a given day, so I'm sure you can handle it. Yeah. Or, or if the end of time cast would like, uh, if you guys and gals could please just, just start throwing money Chris's way. Just step out of your house and throw money his way. That way he doesn't have to work and he'll have more time to play games. <laughs> you, could, you could always do that. I promise you. I promise you, he's going to tell you how he feels about the game. <laughs> You'll get his review for it. Yep. There are... I was actually looking at movies coming out this year to see if anything I may, I'm interested in. Black Panther comes out uh, next month. I'm looking forward to that. There's... Oh, good lord. There's a Wreck-It Ralph sequel coming out. What did you think about Wreck-It Ralph, Chris? I haven't seen it. Well, that answers that fucking question. I think I've seen actually part of it, but I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. Is that yeah. an office somewhere waiting? I'll, I, you know, check it for yourself. Get your own opinion. But I'll tell you right now, what irked me about it is that, and I get why, 
they had to pay probably a good piece of money to different companies. I mean, it's Disney, so what the fuck do they care? But there were all there. You had Ryu in it. You had Bison, Zangief. You had Sonic. I mean, there were all there were definitely uh, iconic characters in that movie, but they were not the forefront of that movie. They made little guest appearances throughout at different places. It was th- this was not the video game movie that had video game characters in it. It was a movie that had guest characters in it from time to time. So that kind of irked me a little bit. I haven't even seen the trailer for this sequel, so who knows? No idea. But I'm interested in Black Panther, of course. I want to see that. I do. I I would like to see uh, Tomb Raider. Would I go see it in theaters? I, I probably would. I probably would. The Pacific Rim trailer comes out this year. Man, I just don't know about that sequel. I don't know. Something about it rubs me the wrong way. And I know that I'm not incorrect in this because my wife watched the trailer, and without me saying that to her, she said, yeah, I just don't know how I feel about the trailer. It just doesn't seem right. <laughs> Something rubs me the wrong way. And I was like, I love you. Please marry me. She's like, I'm already, I'm already married to you. Why do you want to marry me? But... I love the first Pacific Rim. I mean, you got fucking robots fighting monsters. The end. Love it. Yeah. This whatever it is about this trailer, I just don't know what. But we'll we'll see. There's also the Ready Player One. I I I need to get this book. Uh there is a audio book format of Ready Player One, and I've been meaning to get it and download it and listen to it and get it out of the way. But I just never have. Yeah, we and have now, the book. I haven't read it though. Yeah, I've, I I'm kind of hesitant hesitant to see the movie before I read the book or listen to the book, whichever one mm-hmm. I do. But uh, I I know the story of it because I think back in the day there was one of the first podcasts that ever got me even listening to podcasts was the Continue Cast. The Continue Cast, which is the guys from the YouTube channel Continue, they had a yeah. they had a podcast, and it, if it wasn't that one, it may have it may have even been fantasy fiction, but I remember Josh talking about Ready Player One and them explaining the story of it. Uh, it seems cool, and it's by Steven Spielberg. The movie is, if I'm not mistaken, so hey, maybe it'll be good. I don't know. I don't know. It's got, it's definitely got a lot. It, it's not only video game stuff in it. It does have a lot of iconic stuff in it, which that kind of pushes me away from it because I don't want them to fucking abuse it, but, ah, we'll see. We'll see. But enough of that. It's time for today's topic. Today's right. topic is animal abuse. <laughs> the, <laughs> Chris is like, wait a minute. My notes are wrong. What a producer. <laughs> yep. Shame on me. I'll take that hit. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about... Now, the verbiage was in-game purchases. Yep. Which, for the audience at Mass, means many things. There's microtransactions. There's uh, loot crates, loot boxes, what have you. Anything that you buy in the game that didn't come standard with the game. Just talk about it. Excluding, you know, DLC. So pretty much anything other than DLC. Yeah. 
The argument could be made that DLC was was the first, you know, in-game purchases. Yeah. But it was a, a little different. DLC yeah. is DLC is is more like it's larger, I guess you'd say. The, the, I, mean, it, I think the the difference for me is it is a one-time purchase. Correct. Correct. Yeah. We're talking Whereas, about multi purchases like loot crates or boxes and everything. So, Chris, I want you to put on your size 27, 200-pound metal boot and kick this fucking topic off. What you want to talk about DLC, uh, I mean, loot boxes and microtransactions. <laughs> I really want to talk about DLC. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I was thinking about this when uh, I proposed it as the topic. Um, and I think there are really two different ways to divide in-game purchases overall in, you know, broad categories. Okay. The first are uh, cosmetic in-game purchases and then everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, because there is a huge difference between the two and both have good and bad, uh, you know, aspects to them. And the other way to divide them is in single-player and multiplayer games. Because if it's in a single-player game, you know, that's kind of, you know, it can go either way. In a multiplayer game, if it's not cosmetic, then you're now getting into that pay-to-win category of, you know, purchases. And that's where things typically go bad, at least for the... uh, the ones playing the games, unless you're the ones buying all the stuff, and then you're happy. Yeah, but if you're this, playing a multiplayer kinda... game, Go ahead. oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, this kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with the topic we had last episode in yeah. a way, which was cheating because this is a, in this area you could buy some type of microtransaction or loot crate or loot box or something that could give you an advantage in the game. Playing single player, again, hey, it's single player. Do what the fuck you mm-hmm. want. Multiplayer, whole different story. Yeah, and I was I was actually trying to think of a console or PC game that actually had pay-to-win microtransactions. Can you think of one offhand? Mm, no, because I tend to stay away from games that have that, and even mm-hmm. if they did, I never... I never jumped in and, and grabbed, you know, the reason the, uh, or the, the option to. Uh, yeah. It could perhaps be maybe games like racing games. Maybe if instead of um, instead of you having to progressively work up a ladder with parts and whatnot, right. you just fucking buy, 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 and then you've got the most fucking tricked out awesome car available. Yeah. Could be. Uh, I, that, that's a good point because I had actually brought up I don't know if it was the first cast I was on or, you know, the second one, but I had brought up uh, GTA V mm-hmm. on the multiplayer, how you can definitely pay to win that, you know, because earning the cash and stuff on multiplayer can take a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you have a solid core group that you play with, you're probably going to be, you know, hopping into random groups, trying to complete missions to earn money. You know, you have the same type of MMO RPG experience where you get in a bad group, you've now wasted an entire day, 
Whereas, you know, this other guy just pops out his credit card and he's, you know, done basically what you're going to spend a week doing, you know, mm -hmm. getting that currency. So I think that's one of the, there aren't a whole lot of examples. That's one of the only one that comes to mind where you have the actual pay to win on a console game. I think they've yeah. been fairly good about getting or limiting them rather to cosmetic. Mm -hmm. uh, See, I, I, I would think that it depends on the game and it also depends on how their, we'll say their matchmaking system works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would hope that, let, let's take, let's take a first person shooter, for example. Let's okay. say Modern Warfare 3, which I've only played single player. I never played it online. Uh, if I did, I can't fucking remember. But let's say I'm playing Modern Warfare 3. Modern Warfare 3 has two ways of progressing. You can play through and gain experience, and as you gain experience, you get more weapons and more accessories and more add-ons, blah, 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 fucking blah. Or you can drop, you know, a grand total of $600 and have every fucking gun, every accessory, everything mm -hmm. right then. If, if I'm using all that shit and it's giving me a clear, distinct advantage over the people that only have the brand, the, the baby's weapons, that should be jumping me up through the ranks pretty fast. That's still going to cap out. Even if you have the awesome weapons, you're not going to have one-shot, one-kill weapons. You're going to have guns that produce more damage, yes. Guns that have more accuracy, yes. Maybe more, uh, maybe like a, a fucking grenade launcher or rocket launcher that has almost instant kill, yes. But the more you're using those weapons, the faster up it's going to move you in rank, which also should put you in new skill level brackets when the matchmaking comes around. Right. That's still going to cap out to your skill. You can have every weapon in the game, but you still have to be good at using mm -hmm. them to a degree. Uh, rocket launchers, I mean, even, even fucking grenade launchers, yeah, we all, we've all heard the phrase noob tube. It's just mm -hmm. fucking guys <laughs> that run around maps with fucking grenade launchers and with almost no skill, they basically put a grenade somewhere in your vicinity and you yeah. die. Even even grenade launching people can still be sniped, can be shot from a distance. There's still ways to kill grenade launchers. Um, so that maybe first person shooters aren't exactly the best idea. Uh, the best example, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, and but that's not you know. Even if it's there, that kind of is a self balancing thing with the matchmaking, as you said. So that. Mm -hmm doesn't make it a completely terrible system yeah. uh, aside from you know placement matches or whatever else at the at the onset mm -hmm. it'll eventually balance out to where you're not screwing over you know a new player every time yeah that's the idea that's the that's the big like no no for me is when taking racing games for example if you have a racing game to where it's it's it can either take you a year and a half of solid playthrough to get every fucking part and every accessory and every the perfect tires, the perfect suspension, mm -hmm. the perfect fucking power steering fluid. I don't know. All that's great, but it took you a year and a half to do. Or you can just buy it all for a grand. Won't matter to me unless you're in the game with any fucking body. Yeah. Because 
then all it, you could be in a room. There could be eight fucking racers total. You're one. There's seven brand new people. You're gonna fucking blow them out of the water. I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's yeah. yeah. I think, and to help balance that out, I think that's where the, um, and I'm basing this off. I believe it was Forza. I played recently. It was free or something for. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's for a weekend or if it was a games with gold. Uh, so I just have the game now. But as soon as you upgraded your car past a certain horsepower, you couldn't race in the lower races anymore. It forced yeah. you, if you're going to use those parts, to be in a higher tier race. Yeah. So that helps balance that out. So there, obviously we're seeing you know a trend here. There mm. are ways to balance out these purchases so that companies can make their money while also not screwing over those that just want to play the game normally or, you know, can't afford it. You know, it's kind of a shitty thing to do to uh, make them not want to play the game anymore, essentially. They've bought it, they go to play, and then they get annihilated every time they try doing anything multiplayer. It's not fun. And this is also us talking about competitive gaming. And it it doesn't always stem to just competitive gaming. Mm -hmm. There are... We're, let's let's take MMORPGs for example. You can be it sanctioned in the game or unsanctioned under the table outside of the game. And MMORPGs, you can buy things that just fucking boost your ass. Either one, the, the first thing I'm thinking of is ways that you can like boost your character. Uh, I think if I remember Adam telling me correctly, there's WoW basically sanctions mm-hmm. either one. People buying gold, because I guess gold doesn't really matter a whole lot in that game. Uh, but I don't remember if I spoke to him about, or if you know, Chris, if they sanction uh, like power leveling through other there, characters or whatnot. I know that when the last expansion came out, there was either 10 or $20 you could pay, and it would up you to level 60, which I believe is the cap Right. in that game. So mm-hmm. they, and I don't know if it's only around... Um, expansion times mm-hmm. but it may be a per- it may be a permanent thing now does introduce with one of the recent expansions but yeah you could be a new player pay 10 or 20 bucks on top of you know buying the game in your subscription or whatever though isn't it mm-hmm. free to play now uh the, I, ooh, I don't know i don't That's, know anyway that, that'd be so, hell news if it was <laughs> uh but you can you know pay 20 bucks and you'll be max level and be able to go in and start playing the uh, you know in-game dungeons, which yeah. has its own set of problems because you haven't learned your skills and character. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole nother yeah. topic. <laughs> yeah, because uh, well, it's it fl- it falls into this pretty nicely because yes, you're not competing against somebody unless you mm-hmm. are playing PvP. But usually right. MMOs have a, a different like class and set and armor set and everything for PvP. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're not really hurting anybody because you're paying physical money to, you know, the 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 level requirements 50, you're only level 20. You say fuck it, I'm going to just go level myself up the easy way, pay money, get leveled up in whatever shape you shape or form you find fit, and that's fine. Now you can go into those dungeons. Guess what? You just skip 30 levels of your skill experience. You yeah. you don't have personal experience of how to do your job. Your whole entire class could have changed their entire style of how they do things in those levels. And you don't know how to adapt to them. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. 
And that's even that's that's for the people that are playing the game. Imagine mm-hmm. the guy that picks up the game and says, "What? I'd have to play fucking four months to get to the level just to go dungeon? Ah, fuck that! <laughs> yes. I'm gonna pay money. Here's my level one character. Max me out. Two days later, yay! I'm level fifty. You literally don't know what the fuck you're doing. So mm-hmm. now you're an awesome level fifty warrior in Final Fantasy fourteen. Hey, great for you. Lead the way. I don't know what to do. <laughs> All I'm doing is whacking things. Use your abilities. Which ones do I use? Oh, my God. So, yeah, you didn't hurt anybody by buying it, but you hurt people in the game by doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another way. That's another form of uh, in-game purchases. And and even those, there's there's other legalities to that shit, too. That's just leveling. We're not talking about, like, buying money or mm-hmm. buying gold, which would let you buy if not the most powerful armor and or weapon, a very comparable high tier, uh, weapon. And I don't know, I don't know how it is at World of Warcraft, but I know in 14, you could, you could pretty much spot those whenever they happen. If an expansion drops and three days later you see this, this weapon on the market for 27 million gil and somebody bought it, uh, they may have it. I mean, they may have that money. But then you find throughout the whole entire list these millions of gil totaling up. You mean to tell me you spent six hundred million gil on all this armor? Eh. No, that's that's probably a very very small few far between case. But I feel like sometimes in these games in these situations you can almost tell when somebody bought something and basically made it a pay to win situation. And I also think it's pretty cool in a way when the when the game gives the option. But they have a way of kind of labeling it, like maybe they make the maybe they make an armor set look a little bit different, uh, not so much like writing you know Gill Buyer on the back of their <laughs> armor or something like that. But yeah, yeah, this person doesn't know their skill. Yeah, or have a uh, you know total hours played in the game, you know mm-hmm. next to their name next to their uh, character's name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's level 60 with uh, in-game gear, but he's only got three hours in the game? That, what? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, the the head mass for the in-game purchases that we were talking about, there's a couple of them that I've, I feel like me and Chris really want to focus on, and that's microtransactions and loot boxes. Uh, microtransactions are... Anything outside of the main game's purchase, but not DLC. The idea being, here is this game. You can have the game as it is. There's no way to get these other items unless you buy them in games. And it, it, it could be something small, you know, 75 cents for this shirt, $5 for this entire set. But you can only get this by making purchases. There's no other currency. There's no other way to get this. You have to buy these through this way. In this avenue, not that big of a deal. It's, 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 whether single player or multiplayer, it's, it's cosmetics, basically. If you want to spend the money, that's fine. You have to be careful because there, there are companies that have that allure of wanting you to grab all this shit. And you spent sixty bucks on the game, but you spent two hundred dollars on microtransactions. Yeah, it's your money, Chris. Who am I to tell somebody what to do with their money? You know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, and this really kind of goes more into the mobile gaming world. 
where the microtransactions are even worse because you start out and one of the systems I'm more a fan of are VIP systems. It's like, oh, you know, you buy this much currency or, you know, in-game currency or whatever, you get these little bonuses. Typically, you can earn those without buying anything. Um, and that's not terrible because you can still earn it and it the only thing is they typically take a lot of money mm -hmm. so it's like even if you want to buy it it kind of is discouraging at the same time but the people that do buy it they've just made the company a lot of money oh yeah and uh but there are the other systems where it's just like i said just buying currency or buying just straight up equipment for games I mentioned earlier Knights and Dragons. That's one of my main mobile games I play. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know why I still play it sometimes. Because there are weekly events, and are, I guess, technically bi-weekly events, where you have these wars and raids, you know, PvP and PvE things that your guild can do. And you're ranked along with everybody else on Android. So you have... And I, I don't know how much I talked about this before, if at all, on the podcast, but you have a guild full of people with, you know, high limit credit cards, and an event rolls around, they all drop, you know, a hundred bucks each, or something like that, if not more, mm -hmm. completely blow away everybody else competing in this event, because even the PvE events have a ranking to them, based on, you know, how much damage you do, or how many bosses you kill, whatever, and then the highest ranked guilds get a reward. And in this game, it is set up to where you literally don't have enough time to earn these pieces of equipment outside of real money. Yeah. Because, like, they recently, uh, I say recently, I don't know how long it's been going on now, probably a year, but they divided the... Uh, equipment, it's its always been in tiers. You know, you have common, uncommon, etc. Up to the current highest, which is Shadow Forged. Well, instead of adding another tier of gear, what they've done is they've divided into seasons, which each season being roughly a month. And so you have a month to earn a variety of uh, pieces of gear, but getting the items you need to craft those pieces of gear, there is really no way to get enough materials in a month without paying real money. So And that's shitty, all, man. Yeah. It's one thing, you know, when, okay, they can go pay, you know, put their credit card and get this item instantly. I can take a week of my time and earn it. Okay, I still have it. But when I literally cannot, over a month, earn the same piece of gear, I'm not okay with that. But the uh, the other side of it, you're talking about the loot boxes. I think that's a much better system we've seen come into play. Though even that has still not uh, been fully fleshed out by everybody that uses it. Uh, if, if, if anything, it's been fleshed out in the bad way. <laughs> like companies that add sh just... <sighs> For those that don't know, for those that haven't been following the news, there was a scandal, so to speak, last year. It's not really a scandal. It's been known, but it's finally been brought to light that loot boxes, in essence, have a gambling aspect to them. 
Mm-hmm. And it's very alluring, very drawing, especially for younger audiences. Taking this a step back, starting at the beginning, for those that don't know what a loot box is, basically it's a it's an item in a game you can pay currency for. Sometimes companies have uh, they have easier ways to get them. They have in-game currency to some degree or another. And they have ways to have this this bo- box. And it could be a box, could be a pack, a card, a crate, a fucking pinata I've seen. And the idea is you 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 purchase this somehow, be be it a currency that takes you a long time to get, a lot of work, or you could spend money for it. You open it up virtually in the game, and you have the potential to get items. It could be a holy fuck 10 out of 10 god weapon, or it could be a pair of socks. Who knows? <laughs> it could be several. You could open it up and, it, you know, like card games, like uh, Magic the Gathering and uh, Hearthstone. You, you, yeah. get, you can get packs of them, kind of like Pokemon did back in the day. You don't know what you're going to get. You may get mm-hmm. something great. You may get something really good. You may get some bad shit. You may get something super awesome. You may get one of five made in the world. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. Again, this is something that's hard for me to t- discuss personally because I haven't played too many games that have the loot system available like that or a loot box system. Uh, and even the ones that I have played that have loot box systems, I I rarely use. That gambling thing always kind of throws me off. Huh. But I can I can see where they are. I can see where they're present. And I can see how I don't like them. You know, I don't go ahead. I hadn't thought about what you just said about comparing it to collectors' cards. You know, baseball mm-hmm. cards, Pokemon cards, whatever. Yeah. You have a random chance of getting a card. Thinking at that, okay, what's the? Uh, at that point, now I'm thinking, well, why are loot boxes gambling when those aren't? You're, yeah. I mean, it, it it is. You're doing. I mean, if you look at the definition of gambling, you know, it is because you have a chance of getting something. But why? Hmm. If, I if think there's really a. Is, uh, if it's the same thing, then what what is the big deal about it? All of a sudden. Um. Yeah, and there's there, there's other aspects of that too that I don't agree with. One of the big things is that they were. They were, they were bringing up the fact that because it has a gambling nature, it affects the kids. You know, the kids want this really bad, which kids want everything. So of course they're mm-hmm. going to want something. They know there's this fucking armor and the only way to get this armor is if they use a loot crate. So they'll do the, or the loot box. They'll do loot boxes over and over and over again. Mom and dad get a bill in the mail for $700. <laughs> hey, because of the fucking loot boxes. Yeah. Number one, that, to me, that falls back on parenting. I, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I do get that that's like, come on, man, you're making that a very fucking tasty morsel and you're making it super duper fucking appealing. But uh, it's kids. Why does your I mean, 13 year old kid have severe instant access to your credit card information? Exactly. Like that? What's the difference between them and, you know, going and buying the baseball cards looking for Babe Ruth? You know. Precisely. How how, why, how does your child, your nine year old kid, have access to the the payments on their 
I don't know their how do they have a cell phone, but even if they do, cool. <laughs> how how do you have it where they can just go press buttons and just fucking rack up your credit card? Yeah, that I I don't buy that one too much. Now the people that this is where you have to be understanding of human nature and people that have issues and problems, uh, being empathizing with people. There are people that do have gambling addiction. There are mm-hmm. people that do, they just, they just have it in them to, I don't give a fuck, bet at all. I need to get more. I need to get more. And the only way to win more is to get more. And the only way to win back what I lost is bet more and bet even harder. And that can play into this loot box system. That can get to that point to where you're just spending money, spending money, spending money. Yeah. I, I can, I get that that's a problem. I get that that is a, that, that, that is a company that can potentially prey on people like that. But I don't know if we're at a state yet where we have enough parameters to define exactly what it is, what the limits are for what could be constituting as gambling for these or not. I think a lot of it falls into like what you brought up earlier and what I see as a complete negative thing. You got two ways to get this thing. Number one, you can go through this thing and spend four months and you finally can get it. Or you can spend, you know, 20 bucks right now and have it. That maybe that's not a big deal until they say, Oh, by the way, the next expansion comes out three months from now. So, yeah, you can spend four months to work on this the hard way, but guess what? By the time you got it, it's obsolete. Now we've got a new thing. This new thing takes another four months. Hey, next expansion's in three weeks. Or three week, three months. That's when it starts getting, okay, you, you, you guys are just, that's a bit, you're making the leak, you're making the legit way extremely long, extremely difficult, very, very time consuming, but you're, and then you're saying, hey, but all you got to do is drop a 20. You have it right now. Mm-hmm. That That's pushing it. That bugs me. Yeah, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but Belgium actually said that loot boxes are gambling too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure what's going to come of that, if anything, but that was a thing that popped up uh, end of November, I think. I know that there are, uh, there was a, there was a game that was really fucking, really hot and heavy in my work area. Uh, and now I, now I can't remember the name of it. It was some strategy type war type game, like fantasy war. There were dragons and Valkyries and dwarves and potions. Something, Clash of Clans. Oh, Clash of Clans. Uh, and the only, now mind you, I have never played this game. I, I know, I know nothing about it, but from what I heard from the outside, from hearing conversations of, of people like outside of the game talking about the game was, yeah, I know so and so spent a lot of personal cash to get, you know, these time upgrades faster or to get these items easier and faster. And I know this because of this, 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 this. And I'm thinking, well, what's the problem? And it's like, well, it's because it gives them an advantage in, in the game. And I'm like, well, that's a problem. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was talking about, you know, with mobile games. And that's one that I played a little bit and I eventually just stopped playing because you come up against, uh, those people that have spent all the money and it's like, okay, 
I guess I'm done with this because I can't compete. Yep. It's, it's an unrealistic level uh, or an unrealistic gap between the paid for and earned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, again, if a lot of this, a lot of the gripes that I have with it and what I'm assuming that Chris has with it as well, a lot of this stems to mainly online competitive gameplay. If you buy a game that is solely offline, does not have an online aspect, and there's all kind of fucking extras you can buy, then go for it. It's offline. Doesn't fucking matter. Spend your money how you want to spend it. A good example I've heard of recently, and I haven't played it yet, but Shadow of War Mm -hmm. apparently has loot box in game loot boxes you can uh pay real money for but mm-hmm. you can also earn them in the game and you can earn them at a high enough rate that you never have to buy them and you have oh, the nice. same pretty much the same access to stuff so that sounds like they have a really good system going there and they've actually done it right yeah as they yeah. should and that's nice everybody well let me rephrase that nobody <laughs> wants to fall victim to RNG Jesus Nobody yeah. does. There is nothing worse than going, I need, I want this thing. It doesn't always have to be need. It could just be want. Guys, it's a fucking video game. There's nothing wrong with wanting something in a game. Mm-hmm. If there's a cooler looking sword, you want that sword. If there's a sword that has a color scheme that you like and no other sword has that color scheme, you can want that. There's nothing wrong with desiring things in the game. It's it's when you don't get it, and you don't get it, and you don't get it. There has to come a point where you're realizing you are dropping real-life money for the chance for a fake video game thing to happen. Again, it's your money, guys and gals. I'm not telling you how to spend it. Do what the fuck you want to do. But, man, I'm telling you, that RNG will fuck you. That RNG is a bitch. Yep. Another example of a game that has, uh, I don't even know if it was DLC, but it did have ways to get, uh, items. There was a, there was a, uh, there was a mech shooter game for the PC. Uh, I got it on, I think I got it on Steam. It was called Hawken. If you've ever heard of this game, Chris, no. by Not uh, at all. It's basically a first person shooter game, but with mechs. And the mechs are, <coughs> pardon me, the mechs are, they're customizable. They have a few different options here and there, but we're not talking like front mission levels of, of, uh, building. We're not talking like battle tech levels of, of, uh, of customization. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are more cosmetic. And there were a lot of cosmetics in the game. There was, there were color schemes. There were a few different uh, armor visual options that I mean they made the they made them look a little different, but they still had the same hitboxes. They, they didn't give you a clear advantage, and even the ones that did, they they were there were in-game advantages and disadvantages to having that big armor piece. So it, it all matched up. It was all even, and. It posed the same thing. You could uh, you could play this game for X amount of time and unlock these items, or you could pay money and you can get them. At the end of the day, it's all cosmetic. All of it's cosmetic. And 
had nothing to do with your rank. It doesn't matter. You could buy, you could spend 60, 70 bucks and get all kind of armor and, 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 and face paint looking shit that you wanted for these, these mechs. If you were still shit, you were still in the shit tier. Gave you no advantage. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. No problem with that at all. Uh, yeah, that, to give a bad example of that, uh, Destiny 2's actually come under fire. Um, I don't know if it since it came out, but not too long after it, mm-hmm. uh, really popped up more in the last month or month and a half, I think. Um, I need to go back and, you know, see what the current status of it is because I haven't even been reading about Destiny 2 in a while. But Destiny, it, Destiny 1, they added, uh, Eververse Trading, which is an NPC shop that is based on, you know, real money currency. And you really didn't have a whole lot of options for getting it, anything in there, um, through the game. It's all cosmetics. But, you didn't really have a way to get anything through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Destiny 2, Eververse is back, but now you have the ability to, every time you level after you hit cap, because uh, you, you keep earning experience towards levels after you hit cap, and every time you do, you get some, uh, I'm trying to think of what it is now. It was Motes of Light in Destiny 1. I can't mm-hmm. even think of what it is now in Destiny 2. Um, but you also get to open a box at the Eververse Trading. So every time you level, you get one of these, you know, money boxes. The, I think where the, which is good, obviously, you're able to earn it. The, where people are complaining is that now they're rotating stuff out and you can never get it again. So, okay, I've got two months for a chance to get this one item, but there's like, 60, 70 options, you know, in those mm-hmm. two months. So I have to hope I get what I want. In addition to that, there are... Someone actually broke down the math, and pretty much every month of... Uh, or whatever, every season, whatever they want to call it, change in the uh, Eververse shop, mm-hmm. the amount of items they add is equal to or greater than the amount of items that are added in a DLC drop. Wow. So it's like, okay, you're adding all this armor, but the regular players are getting, you know, nothing actually useful. Yeah. You know, even even if they reskinned existing armor with one of these new cool-looking sets, because they are often pretty cool-looking, um, there's been a couple where I was like, ooh, well, I, I'd like to have that, but I know I'm never going to have it. Because I'm not going to mm-hmm. spend money on a chance to get it, uh, yeah. even if I was inclined to pay for it at all. I'm certainly not going to pay for a chance. Um, but yeah, adding all this content to the game that's not <laughs> actually influencing the game because it's all cosmetic. They've yeah. stuck to then you know good on them. They've stuck to where it's cosmetic only type stuff. Some emotes, which is kind of kind of annoying because emotes have that, you know, player interaction aspect to it, but still yeah. it doesn't influence your ability to play the game, you can still do that. Um, right. doesn't make you stronger or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've done that part of it well, but they're just dropping all this money content um, instead of content for everyone. Yeah. 
And that, I mean, that's, that's, that's just another division. I mean, we've, we've already spoken about it, but yeah, if, if, if you put content in a game and you split that content to where this is only, uh, this is only available through gameplay and then a different set of content, this is only available by buying it. I mean, you're already going to create somebody that wants something. You're already going to create a subset of people that go, well, I want the cool stuff just because it's the, it's the only way I can get it. And then you go, and this is all, this, this is maybe subjective, but when you have this, imagine a, a, a fairly basic leather fucking tunic with maybe a jewel in the, in the chest for the in-game content, but for the same level for a purchasable content is this fucking jet black accented fucking lines through it, horns coming out the side, like armor breastplate. Just from the visuals, I mean, maybe you're going to want to get the other one. But hey, it's only available by buying it. You can't earn it. There's no way to get it except for dropping money for it. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. I, I, I was down with it until you made it clear that you have two distinct differences between the two you're creating desire you're creating a want there for something that you can only purchase through money or can only attain through purchasing something with money ah it's kind of shady in my opinion Mm -hmm. but it's out there and every i i think that a lot of games today the the pc and console games that are getting more involved with this as time goes on, but from what I'm understanding as well, kind of like you said, it, it's really a the phone business is where this is at. Yeah, and I mean that kind of makes sense because every fucking body has a phone, and a large mm-hmm. majority of people that do have phones have games of some degree or another. So, yeah, of course it makes sense for them to put shit in the game where all they gotta do is click three buttons and <laughs> get stuff. Yeah, I've, you know, had that thought as I'm working on my, you know, Twitch uh, chatbot game, turning into a mobile game. I'm going, okay, well, what incentives am I going to give if someone wants to drop real money? You know, mm-hmm. what kind of VIP system am I going to have and what benefits are going to come from that that won't screw over everybody else? Right. You know? Right. And, I, I mean, another another bigger picture aspect of this is the idea of games being a uh, the play to win yes but also games as a service this is a this is a bigger like gaming as a business model uh mindset that i i just fucking cannot stand with gaming companies when it when all gaming revolves around when, when i look at a company and i i get the idea that their bottom line is the bottom line I hate that. I can't stand that. Yeah. And I feel like, again, mind you, with having no personal experience, I have not played the game myself, and I did not get myself involved in any of this shit. I feel like this was the idea that went behind, and this has been many games as well, but recently that that was the mentality that went back, that was backing the, the ideas at EA for the fucking Star Wars Battlefront 2 bullshit. Like, if we have this system in place and we make this shit so contingent on purchasing shit in the game with money, 
guys, we can milk this. We can milk this game over time. You know, we we're no longer concerned about how many copies of the game we sell initially, or how many copies of the game are sold over five year or uh, two years. How many in-game purchases can we continuously drip feed over time with up with the desire level going up and down and up and down with new content and new content over a long period of time? That pisses me off. Yeah. That that makes me feel like you don't care what this game is going to be like. You're caring about how much can you fucking how much can you put a fucking apple out in front of us and then move the apple away when we go for it. Here's money, here's more money and more money and more money. I know that at the end of the day with the huge gigantic picture of it just like just like movies, just like anything else, it's all about money. Don't make it so fucking apparent that that's what you're after. <laughs> like, I, I want companies that want to make games because it's their fucking passion. Because they know that there are people like Chris and like me who, go figure, we just like to play video games. Not look at us and go, hey, they really like Final Fantasy XIV. You know, we could uh put this thing in it and every say five months they're just gonna have to drop 40 bucks again they just have to because we're putting this mount in it uh funny funny story actually okay. on that particular game uh i want to say about two years ago or so there was a live letter uh for anybody that doesn't know final fantasy hey if you ever heard of final fantasy this is an rpg <laughs> series pretty well known but they have the 11th and 14th games in their in the franchise are a massive multiplayer online RPGs. The only two like it in that in that in that area. Uh, and in Final Fantasy 14, they're very they're very uh, we're gonna have an MMO episode, so I don't want to go too far into this. But they're very efficient at producing. Well, I think they've only got one so far, but I believe their idea is they want to have they want to have an expansion every year. And they want to have like three uh, patches or four patches a year, something like that. They have content all the time. Like just every three months, there's new content, and they have uh, this this event usually every around every three months before the next patch comes out, called a live letter, and it's the producers, directors, creators, etc. They just basically have a presentation of the content coming up and one of these live letters i was watching the uh the series director yoshi uh yoshida was talking about they they call him yoshi p for short they they were asking him questions he was now mind you he's a is a japanese individual and he had an english translator there with him and you know they opened it up for questions and whatnot and uh in the presentation, he got to the point of talking about uh, uh, games as a service for an ex- a patch coming up or an expansion or what have you, and uh, he was he said I don't remember if like he said it all the way through, but the English words that came, that came out of his mouth with this enthusiasm was "no pay to win," yeah. and the translator said. Well, I don't think I have to translate that one for you. <laughs> you heard the man. Yes, so and with this expansion or this patch and every piece of content down the road, there will be absolutely no pay to win anywhere in Final Fantasy XIV. And I was like, bravo. 
Bravo. Now, Final Fantasy XIV does have microtransactions in the game, so to speak. They have a uh, store that lets you buy all kind of things. You can buy dyes, you can buy armors, and uh, you can buy mounts, which are things you ride in the game to travel around. You can buy little minions, which are just little uh, character things that follow you around. You can purchase things in the game, but everything in there is all cosmetic. Everything has to do with just little additions to the game to for stuff that you want. You're not required to buy any of it. And if you buy any of it, it's not going to do you any good in your progressive raid, you know? Yeah. So any any game company that says, yeah, we're not doing any of that shit. Yeah, good, good job. Kudos. Appreciate it. I don't know. I, I wish I had more uh, games as a service or DLC. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, you know what? Guess we're going to talk about DLC. Because apparently I want to talk about DLC. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, I really don't have a lot of experience in this. I think a lot of this really had a big, big hit with the mobile market. And I just, again, I'm not a big mobile market guy. I would think if between the two of us, you probably have way more experience in the loot box area than I do. I, I don't think I would have, I would maybe, maybe I would do it if I had extra money and depending on how bad I want the item. But if it was something to give me a clear, distinct advantage, and again, it goes back to last episode. I, I'm, I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to stick around a venue that's going to allow it and let it proliferate, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's even though it's rampant in the mobile world, there are games that do it right. Like I mentioned, the VIP system. Um, another game I play uh, called Dragon Soul, it has one. And you can you can earn VIP one of two ways. I mean, you always have VIP, you just up your level as time mm-hmm. goes on. You can up it one of two ways. You can just straight up buy uh, diamonds, which is an in-game currency. Um, or you can do a month-to-month subscription, so to speak. So I pay three bucks, and I get, you know, free diamonds every day. Not a lot, but the game doesn't have a whole lot that you need them for. It's pretty much one of the, uh, it's not pay to win, it's just pay to speed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, sure, someone can drop, you know, hundreds of dollars, get all these diamonds, and then, you know, blow through whatever, but there is a finite limit to how strong you can have your heroes in the game. Yeah. Once they're at max level, max gear, max augments, or runes, whatever you want to call them, on your gear, there's nothing else you can do to give you a distinct advantage. There's no, oh, you have this VIP level, so you have a 10% more uh, damage you do. It's usually, oh, you get to uh, auto-attack or auto, uh, they call it raiding. You get Mm -hmm. to auto-fight this event where it doesn't even go to show the characters walking across the screen. It just gives you kind of a, not even a full text lock. Half of them are just funny comments they throw in, you know, like, Oh, he threw in the towel, you know, because <laughs> he must have missed or something. I guess maybe that triggers it. Yeah. You know, and when they use their abilities. So you save tons of time by not watching them go through some events or some uh, uh, whatever you call them are like three waves long. So you have to go, okay, wave one, sit there, fight, 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 wave two, fight, 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 wave three, fight, fight, fight. Okay. 
Instead, I just hit one button, scrolls up, scrolls up, scrolls up, done. I move on with my life. And nice. that I really like. Um, there are a couple that annoy me in this particular game because they're so far high up on the VIP scale that with me only doing the monthly thing, I'm like VIP 9, I think. Mm-hmm. I've been playing the game for a year and a half at least. Um, and I've done the VIP most of the time, I think. <laughs> so yeah. if I've, you know, if that's $36 a year, I put maybe $40 in the game over, you know, that year and a half. That's not too bad. Yeah. And I've, I've, you know, gained enough diamonds in the game that made my experience better. Unlock these additional features, you know, like the auto or the rating of the events make, you know, the game funner and less of a chore because it's these type of games you come back to. You have a daily routine where, okay, at 12 o'clock, I'm going to get stamina. I know I'm going to log in. You know, well, first off, I have my morning login to make sure I clear out, you know, my daily stuff I get, the Mm -hmm. rewards they send out overnight for the stuff you did the day before, you know, the morning check of the game, and then at noon... I'm going to have my, you know, noon stamina, I'm going to have my 6 o'clock stamina, 9 o'clock stamina, and, you know, I have, like, at least five or six times a day I'm going to be checking it. So if this VIP level makes those checks a little bit quicker, all the better. It's less of a chore. I get it done, I move on. Uh, yeah. It makes me more likely to come back to it later because I don't go, oh, it's going to take me three hours to do this. Another fucking Each time I log in, coming at me, yeah. yeah. So it's a little bit of quality of life. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, 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 got, I could look it up and get the specifics, but there was a Final Fantasy game for the phone, for the smartphones, and I believe it had shit like that. Like, you could... Yeah. You could... Oh, well, it'd be There's... nice if you had, like, a Mega Elixir right now, huh? Well, give me fucking $2, and we'll just throw one in right now. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, there <laughs> are... And I'm looking... I don't think I actually have one installed on my phone right now. I did on my last one before it died. Mm-hmm. Um, and by die, I mean I dropped it and broke the screen for the first time ever. Um, but I know there's... Exodus... Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Record Keeper. Uh, yeah. Of the two, Record Keeper is actually a pretty cool game because yeah. it goes back and shows you scenes and characters oh. uh, from all the games. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't think that one has a... It's The premise is there's this, like, this library of... I don't know if they're actually books, but I'll call them books for the sake of the conversation. This library of books, and each one is essentially a memory type thing of an event that happened. It's a record of what, hence record keeper. It's a record of something that happened. So, oh, this scene from Final Fantasy VII, all right, go, you know, complete the stage, and you'll save this memory from being wiped out by this force that's consuming them. Mm. Uh, and it's a, it's a stamina-based game. So you can do so much each day. Um, uh, Sounds interesting. Was, yeah, I mean, it's all in all, it's it wasn't a bad game. I just, I I came to it late, so I felt like I was behind. And even though there's not really, I wasn't doing anything PvP related. 
but the events that occur, you know, oh, hey, this week we have this boss you can fight or these extra levels you can fight, but sucks to be you if you're a new player because they're geared towards people that have been here a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and they may have different difficulties. So you may be able to fight beginner, but it's like, okay, well, sure, I'm fighting beginner, but there's six more tiers of fights I can't do. Yep. I'm like, yep. eh, I see that. I'm like, I want to do them, but I, I can't. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't remember if, I don't think I ever even looked at what the in-game purchases are for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't care. I didn't need them. Um, what yeah. I did play of it. Um, there's I Mobius. St- Mobius, oh, was- I don't even think I played. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that is the one I played. Um, Brave Exodus is the one I have not played, I believe. And then Mobius is the one I did play. Mobius actually had a story behind it. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. It was more of a you know actual RPG game you played. Um, hmm. it, I believe it still had an energy-based system behind it, but it wasn't quite the same as a traditional you know stamina-type, energy-type game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a new one. I haven't tried it, but Final Fantasy XV has a mobile game. Hmm. Um, not sure what's up with that one. Yeah. They have tons of Final Fantasy mobile games. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess to to uh, round off this discussion, I guess we could talk about real life in game purchases. Chris, do you have a loot crate subscription? I do. You do. Yep. Tell me about this piece of shit system. <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounds like I have a bias. Tell me about this horrible system that you have. Uh, you pay, I think it's 15 bucks a month, and they send you a box of stuff. Um, it, it, every month has a shirt, plus some other stuff that's, uh, random. Mm -hmm. It it is hit or miss, you know, whether or not it's a good month or not. Um, it all, it kind of depends on what, uh, fandoms you're a part of Mm -hmm. as well, because you may get, um, something from a series or a TV show or a movie or something you've never even heard of, um, which happens not too often for me. Um, but I think it was last month. So I have to go back. I actually had the box sitting on the floor next to me. But one thing I do like about it is they occasionally have like comic books in them and stuff. Um, and what was the other thing? Um, they like to put in the little figures the pop yeah. figures or whatever they are, which I saw GameStop actually has a whole wall of them now. It's <laughs> interesting. I, it's wow. like, okay, I go into GameStop, you know, passing some time. This is the same day I bought the, uh, I was talking about whatever it was last week or the week before. Um, it would have been last week, yeah. But I go in and I'm just looking around and I'm like, oh, here's games to my right. I see games further back. If I turn my left, though, there's no games. I see these little figures. I see t-shirts. GameStop sells t-shirts now. Um, and stuffed animals. <laughs> you know, all these non-game... I mean, they're gaming related, of course. Yeah. But they're not actual video games. And I'm like, huh, okay. I... 
All joking aside, I have kind yeah. of a, it's not a negative. I don't hate loot crate. I just, the hit or miss thing is what, what really staves me off of it. Mm-hmm. If, if I have to look, I think I remember reading or hearing a while back that they kind of have like themed boxes now. So you can kind of pick sort of what you're hoping to get. But the, the every other, every month, you 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 don't know until they you know tell you what the theme for that month is, and if yeah. it's a theme for something you don't give a shit about, well, you're getting a crate from something you don't care about. Uh, an example was uh, just for me, the uh, Doctor Who. I have never watched a single episode of Doctor Who. It's not something I ever got into. That was before, during, and after my time, and. You know, they just, hey, we got a Doctor Who crate this month. And it's like, well, shit, there goes $13 I've wasted that month because I don't, I don't watch it. Yeah. Uh, and then some of the stuff that they have in the crate, while they're cool, they're, it's, it's like, yeah, I'm never going to play with this or use it. Yeah. It's just seems, it seems too hit or miss for my taste. So I've never one, done it. Eh. One thing I will say about it is the shirts are actually decent quality. Mm-hmm. Um, they're some of the really only shirts I wear now, uh, because of the more comfortable ones I have. Mm-hmm. So they've at least got that going for them. So if nothing else, you're paying 15 bucks for a decent t-shirt. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not you want to wear what's on it, but that's, you know, <laughs> a different aspect. Yeah. And, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna keep spending money on another loot crate to hopefully get what you want. It's a subscription. You either get what you want or you don't, and you move on next month. Yeah, it was interesting. This month actually had a uh, Destiny 2 shirt in it. And I, I, when I put it, I was like, oh, hey, Destiny 2. And then I actually look at what's on the shirt because I had just taken out and I was reading through, they have a little piece of paper that has what's in the box. I was Mm -hmm. reading through that real quick before I went through everything. And it's like, oh, Destiny 2 shirt. I'm like, oh, cool. I went up. It's a ship. What? Of all the Destiny 2 things to put on a shirt, it's a ship. Wow. Not the Traveler, not Guardians. No, it's a ship. <laughs> so, why? Well, I think... Let me, let me get this right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's going to do it for us tonight, Chris. What do you say? Yeah. I think we've had a fairly good conversation on Luke Crate. Uh, I hope we got our points across. What what are your considerations when it comes to loot crate, to to loot boxes, to in game transactions, to microtransactions? Have you done it? Are you guilty of of doing them online and giving yourself an advantage? Have you stayed away? Do you, what's your thoughts and opinions on it? How do you feel about it? Do you agree with ours? Do you disagree? We love to hear about it. You can tell us how you feel. A multitude of ways. One, we've got a Facebook page that may be how you found us here today for this episode. You can leave us a comment on this episode anywhere on the, you can leave a post on the page. You can send us a message. Uh, we have an email address. You can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny spelling or numbers in there, just as it is. We got a Twitter page. You can leave us a wall post on our Twitter page and tweet at us. Still waiting to be tweeted. Somebody will one day. You know, Hopefully. maybe if you say tweeted instead of twitted, someone will actually do it. No, that's not right, though. It's twitted. No. No, I want to. I'm at. Chris, I'm <laughs> asking my audience to twit me. 
This is okay. Look, I've been to the page. It's twitted. I want to get twiddled. So you can, so you can, you can get a hold of us. And hey, it doesn't have to be about microtransactions. Maybe you don't give two shits or a fuck about microtransactions. You just want to tell us anything at all to do with your gaming life. We'd love to hear from you. And again, at this early stage of the podcast, you're almost guaranteed to get your comment or question uh, discussed on the podcast. We'd love to hear from from anybody about anything. Talk to us. Let us know how you feel. Let us know what's on your mind. We're going to have another episode in about a week. Have a whole, have a new topic. And I look forward to it, man. I fucking love recording these episodes. I look forward every fucking day when I know I'm going to get to do this at night. I love it. I look forward to it. I can't wait. Yep. And especially when I see we have like new subscribers on the actual SoundCloud page or people that have listened to the, you know, new episode listens. I'm like, yes. Somebody else, somebody else cares about us. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Talk to us. We'd love the feedback. Till next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody.